Hey guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. If you want to support the show, visit us at patreon.com. And for as little as $1 a month, you can become a patron. Or you can buy cool Lorehammer products like shirts, coffee mugs, and dice bags at www.redbubble.com. Don't want to spend any money? Well, you can help out the show by giving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also hop on over to Facebook and like our page. And feel free to send us a message. It's the only enjoyment Mark gets out of his miserable life. Welcome to Lorehammer, episode 35, Path of the Eldar. Hello and welcome back to Lorehammer. My name is Eric. Hey there. Hi there. Ho there. This is Jordan coming at you. Coming at you live <laughs> from Calgary, Alberta. Oh, don't give away our location. From we have town. Oh, guys, we have stalkers. Cow-town. Now they're going to be flooding downtown Calgary. in Cowtown. Trying to find you guys. That's okay. I could use more friends. <laughs> Those are the best kind because they already know everything about me, so I don't even have to share anything. Ah, you don't even really have to make a friendship. No, exactly. With them. <laughs> yes, uh, and and they don't care that I know anything about them, ah. right? Because they just want to know about me. So well, the, the world renowned Eric. It's of course, the most of self-absorbed friendship I could ever have <laughs> is a stalker friend. Mm. Uh, anyways, joining us today is Peter. Hello, how are you doing? Good. Glad to be back. Glad to be. It's so our, good to have you, Peter. Yeah. <laughs> thank, thank you. Our dedicated Eldar, Eldar guy, even though he's never played an Eldar army. No. no. Somehow he's Eldar on... Eldar expert. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow. Well, I disagree. That's just... That's how I picture you. Like, no, I, I... According to my research... <laughs> that's right. The 22 minutes I did this morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my. Oh well, my. <laughs> uh, today... Um, this is our 35th episode. Um, we just released our first listener lore episode, and that was awesome. It's fun, pretty enjoyable. Fun to do. Um, We've got a lot more. Yeah. We got a lot of good feedback on that, too. Yeah. From? A lot of good. Whoa. Some, some bad. <laughs> what? Uh-oh. Yeah. Who? Who? I don't... Apparently, I was an asshole. Oh. <laughs> but, I, I mean, that I should have expected that. Yeah. I literally in the in, during the recording was like I'm gonna be an asshole. So <laughs> I think I actually said those words. Ah. So I should not be surprised then when I get that back. Yeah. Haters gonna hate. Yeah. Oh, potatoes gonna potate. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you already know what it is, brother. Uh. <laughs> okay. Um. But uh, we actually want to say thank you to a brand new patron of ours, Jimmy. Thank you so much for contributing Ooh. to making this episodes this podcast mm. <laughs> you should be able to sponsor a specific episode look mm. this we episode will... is brought to you by jimmy <laughs> it's not prostitution guys it's not prostitution but if you give us money we will do things for you uh, episode wise and no, more I'm just kidding um but thank you jimmy so much for contributing yeah, uh, anytime us. people contribute it's awesome for us so it really helps us Make sure we want to keep this going because it shows you guys care and we don't have to sink our own money into it anymore. 
So yeah, huh. that's, that's that $50 nice. buy-in to it's start tough. podcasting was brutal. It was it not took good. months to coax my wife into letting me spend 50 well, bucks. I only ever get nickels and dimes, so it took me a while to ah. save for this whole thing. <laughs> Um, but before we even get into the meat of the episode, uh, Mark just had something he wanted to share. I got two things. Okay. So Eric's birthday was last weekend and I put on Facebook like, Oh, Hey, doesn't that, isn't your birthday today? Yeah. We'll get to that. But you know, we're doing chronological (laughs) order. Yeah. It's Mark's birthday. Happy birthday, Mark. Happy birthday, Mark. We did it. (laughs) Everyone. But Yours was last week, and okay. I posted on Lorehammer, like, oh, like, send us your favorite Eric quotes. So I'm just going to read a couple. You better of- get ready. Wait, what date is your birthday? It was the 27th. Oh. We're all, like, I'm on the 28th. Like, we're almost- Of September? Ooh. October. People oh, October. are going to think we're trying to milk this birthday thing <laughs> yeah. or something. It seems like they're having a birthday every, every weekend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we have to get our guests. Our guests have to have a birthday within a week of us recording. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to read a couple of my favorite ones that were sent in. Uh, so these are quotes word for word by Eric. <laughs> this show is ruining our friendship. I can't even go to your house anymore. <laughs> I actually really like that one. <laughs> Another good one is, that's not how this works, Mark. He's <laughs> <laughs> probably talking about a nuclear bomb. No, uh, no, no. Because I know, <laughs> I don't know how nuclear bombs work. <laughs> uh, which brings me to the next one and the last one I'll read is, I can build a nuclear bomb. It's not that hard. <laughs> Guys, it's not. It's not that hard. Uh, so so there are some enjoyable ones. Um, check out our Lorehammer page uh, on Facebook. We actually just got a social media manager guy. Whoa. Um, yeah. Legit. You'll notice yeah. you'll notice in the past like three, four days, the quality of posts has absolutely skyrocketed. Yeah. So thanks a lot, Colin. Colin's been on the on the podcast a couple times. Um but yeah, so check us out on uh, Facebook if you want. If you want to interact with us? Yeah. That's where we ask questions. It's where you guys can we, ask we us questions. We know for sure Colin won't post anything offensive that'll get us banned. It's true. Oh, hundred so percent. Very. He's, he's way too nice of a guy. Yes. Way too nice of a guy. Yeah. Whereas <laughs> any of us are doing it, you know, all that. No, we're, we're threatening people by building nuclear bombs. You always the run the risk when it's one of us. That's, that's just that's showbiz. That's politics. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, it is your birthday, I guess, today, so this yeah. is coming out on Wednesday, so anyone yeah. who hears this, you're four days late. Yeah. Just so Screw you guys, you guys. So, my wife bought me this Lorehammer hoodie for my birthday. Oh, really? Isn't yeah. this, like, nice. the third one you own? No, this is the first hoodie. Oh, I, that was I only own one year. t-shirt and one hoodie. That it's was actually, last year. I actually yeah. like it as a hoodie. Yeah, it's nice, yeah, isn't that's it? That's pretty sweet. But, uh... A hoodie like, is, is called a bunny. What do the other people call it? A bunny hug. A bunny, a bunny hug. hug. Yeah. That's right. People do. Yeah. It's just a sweater with a hood. Yeah. So it's a hoodie. But whatever. <laughs> a sweaty. <laughs> a sweater hood. Oh, sweater okay. hoodie. A sweater hoodie. Okay. Yeah, anyways, sweaty. Keep, keep saying your wife bought you that. Yeah. And then uh, I'm like, oh, sweet. It's like a double gift because, you know, you got me the hoodie and then I made $10 on the hoodie. <laughs> I said, like, Mark, that's not how it works. I'm like, yeah, no, it is. I made $10 when you spent that money on this hoodie. <laughs> so well, it was a double gift. Well, ho- hold on. Lorehammer made that. No, no, I've already spent it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's gone. Oh. Sad. Yeah. And the last thing we'll do before we get into the episode is which we're going to give you a little teaser about the quality of the listener lore that we've been getting. So just in case some people don't listen to the listener Lord because it's not full episodes or whatever people are into, I'm going to play one right now that uh, 
somebody sent in to us. This is uh, done by Matt. Lorehammer Adventures. In the grim darkness of the 41st millennium, there is only war. But it doesn't mean we can't have fun. One grim story of such fun began with a young rogue trader by the name of Mark. Young, fun, and full of the spirit of the emperor, he was ready to set off for his first real adventure. And the time hadn't come soon enough, as he was fed up of his duties fixing the lanterns in the imperial palace with his tech priest pal, J-Zero-R-D-An. But we'll call him Jordan. <laughs> oh boy, I can't wait to start my great quest collecting information about our wonderful Emperor Blessed Galaxy, Mark cried. Jordan looked at him dryly. Dry because he didn't have eyeballs. He had some freaky Mechanicum glasses instead. Mark, that is fucking stupid. How will you be able to read all of the Xenos information? Or the regular information? Mark bounded with glee. Of course! Jordan, my friend, you will be coming along with me as my personal translator. Oh, shit, said Jordan. And so they left off. But before they left Terra, they would have to find Eric, Mark's trusty bodyguard. He was a member of the Tempesta Scions, and truly did they dick the enemies of the Emperor. <laughs> he was a good man to have around in a crisis. Eric! My chum and pal, are you ready for a journey of fun and excitement? exclaimed Mark. For fuck's sake, Mark, this is not going to be fun. The galaxy is a treacherous place, full of demons, heretics, and worst of all, the greater good. What's the greater good? said Mark. It sounds okay. It's bullshit. Mark, it is a lie. Have you not heard about the pot truths? Shouted Eric. Whoa. Okay. Well, we'll be careful to avoid anything even slightly good. Said Mark. Okay. Eric submitted. He checked Mark and Jordan over. Where are your weapons? I am not programmed for that began jordan eric grabbed a mechandendrite hanging from jordan's rope what about this he said angrily that is my genitalia <laughs> Ew, said eric why is it covered in metal it's robotic <laughs> eric glared at the adept of the mechanicum and then to the rogue trader what about you? Where is your gun? Guns are icky, said Mark with disgust. What? Icky, repeated Mark. You can't be serious. You will not survive in this universe if you do not use guns. What about when you run into an orc or a necron? Ah, we will gather information through our friendship. We can beat any enemy, cried Mark. Emperor's dusty shitballs, said Eric. We are all going to die. End of chapter one. 
Uh, that's pretty good. Oh, there's a lot of funny S- things in there. Slow clap. <laughs> slow clap. So, so there's the quality of the listener lore. Um, <laughs> they're pretty good. It's, Go nice that, it's nice that he kind of has the Irish accent going for that's it. That's right. Too. It's legit. Yeah. Audio yeah. Book yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a, that was a good one to to hear. Yeah. So, if you guys want to even uh, when you send us your lore, send us it through. Maybe email is the best way to send it to us, and it doesn't get lost in our Facebook feed or anything. Um, and if you want to send us like an audio clip, we will play it. Just you know, keep things relatively brief. Don't go over. Yeah, this isn't uh, this, this isn't an audio book. No, make that no, clear. like exactly. Like if you're gonna send us half hour of audio, we're not gonna play it. Twenty nine minutes, sure, we'll play it, but <laughs> you know, yeah, twenty nine forty five. That's our cutoff. Yeah. But no, like be, be reason, reason, reasonable, realistic. Both. Be reasonable and realistic. Sure. Anyways, yeah. we, we are still doing that. So send us your lore. We'll pick it apart. We'll say the things we don't like. We'll say the things that we never did like. And then we'll keep on keeping on. This will not be fun. I'm not your king. <laughs> <laughs> this will not be over quickly and you will not enjoy it. Yeah. Uh Anyways, I just watched 300 again, so. <laughs> so now we're just going to have this episode filled with those quotes. Hopefully. Good thing it's not a very dialogue-heavy movie, <laughs> so there's really only a couple quotes you could do. It, it's surprising to hear how historically accurate that movie is. In, don't give me that look, Peter. <laughs> don't give me that look. There are very, like, very large portions of that movie that are supposed to have happened. Which is really cool. Isn't isn't like what, what's it called? The Battle of Thermopylae. Uh, th- Thermopylae. Isn't that like highly exaggerated by the people who actually wrote it? Yes. Yes, it was. Okay. So, <laughs> first of all, like the guy who like there's only like two accounts of this whole thing written. Right. Yeah. And like obviously there's going to be like a Greek bias on it yeah. because the Greeks were biased about everything yeah, yeah, that they yeah, did. Yeah. But. Like when when you try and break it down and you're like, okay, this is a more realistic um, like representation of like the population and everything. It's still like a pretty accurate Hmm. like historical movie. And look, you can give me that look all you want, Peter, (laughs) but it's it's really cool. It's really cool, and being like, cool does not make it historically <laughs> right, yeah. accurate. There's Those lines, two things should not be in the same sentence. That's right. There's lines in it that are like actual documented lines as being said by Spartans. Um, the, like the numbers are closer than you would think. No, like 300 Spartans, and then 10,000 of the other guys. False. Not even <laughs> remotely close to that. <laughs> if the Persians if, or whatever. Was no, no, of Thracian allies. Yeah, but it, it wasn't like 10,000. It was more like a thousand mm. oh, okay right and then they left <gasps> so it was really just the spartans there at the wow. end wow okay well i'm gonna have to go back watch it you know just to refresh my history excellent good since clearly good it's what really I- it's 100 percent accurate yeah. if i had mm. to say that interesting um that's my understanding of spartan uh-huh. history uh-huh. Mm. I feel like Christian so, would Christian would agree. You, you know what movie you should watch? Uh, Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. You know what? It's gonna take. A- That's how I learned about slave emancipation. It's the reason. The reason he wanted to free the slaves is because the vampires were eating them. I'm really glad that I'm learning all this history. And you're in post secondary education, right? Barely. You're supposed to be the intelligent people. So, keyword supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Oh no, I. I I wanted to make a joke about going to community college, but <laughs> maybe some people actually go to community college. 
You can make a joke. All right. Oh, no, Mark. I don't go to real university. I go to community college. Ah. So you can expect that level of education I'm now, receiving. Now make a racist joke. Um, and a homophobic one. Ab- oh, absolutely. Well, it's been great being here with you guys. <laughs> I thought we were Thanks. talking about Warhammer. Why are we getting shut be down? Leaving early for this episode. Thank you. Uh, let's talk about Eldar. More specifically, let's talk about the path of the Eldar. Was that the homophobe joke? The the homosexual joke? The let's talk the about Eldar. How is that a homophobe Cause, joke? Because Eldar are gay. They're all like, look at them. They're all like fancy men. Like, look at the what they wear. They're just they wear just tights. Flamboyant. They're just fashionable, <laughs> Mark. You need to do sensitivity training. <laughs> That's what we need to do. We're gonna set. Uh, we're gonna make a lorehammer sensitive sensitivity training okay. book. Well, I've learned to read since the last time through, through the lorehammer's t- generous donations of, of teaching me. Yes. So reading now, with phonics. Next, uh, next chunk of Patreon money will go to sensitivity training. For of course, me. we'll make you a man yet. Mark. Perfect. <laughs> or not. We don't Whatever. know. Eldar. Eldar. Right, Peter? Yes, Eldar. <laughs> I am an expert on Eldar. <laughs> uh, what, what's their uh, official name? Like their high gothic-y type name? Or what yeah. they call themselves? What do themselves? they call themselves? <laughs> uh, Eldar <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not bad. I mean, maybe there's an Eldar out there who calls himself an Eldar <laughs> But probably not. No, the El- Eldari? I, I or the know. Asuriani. Sure. Yeah, either of those would work. Sure. Uh oh, my mother's calling me. What do I do <laughs> yes. in this situation? Do, do, do we take do, a phone do, call do, from do, my mother? Do, no, do. no, Aww. she's deeply offended me. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, we we had my brother on. We'll get to the Eldar eventually. Yes. One more story. One more story. One more this story is a good one of deep betrayal and hurt. You had a brother on. I yeah, did. he had Brant on the uh, Ordo Malleus episode with oh, the great ice. So. I, I need to stop everything and go and listen to that <laughs> right <Okay>. now. <laughs> but uh, so my mom listened to that one just because it's like, both my boys are on. And uh, then she called me and we're talking. And then at some point she's like, I'm so impressed by Brandt. Like he, <laughs> <laughs> he was so witty on the podcast. And like he had all these, he, he just had to think on the spot. <laughs> These good one-liners. Yeah, it's like, Mom, what about me? I've been doing this podcast for a year. <laughs> but you, when Mark was telling uh, me that story, you should have seen the pain in the his tears. eyes. Like, it wasn't even like a joke. Like, haha, Eric, listen to what my mom said. It was like, Eric, I'm offended. Deeply hurt. At what my mom There's said. There's a reason why I have to act so outlandish all the time. It's to, to get, get her attention. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yo, mommy issues? Okay. Yeah. And daddy issues, too. <laughs> well, who doesn't have a good daddy issue? You know what I mean? Just really any social relationship has been an issue in my life. <laughs> That's why you do better in the garage. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Path of the Eldar. Path of the Eldar. What were we saying? What are we talking about? We're talking about the path. We haven't Just started. Really an introduction. <laughs> we, we got nowhere. Oh, okay, great. Um... So let's start by maybe you didn't even know that there was such a thing called the path of the Eldar. Maybe you just thought the Eldar were willy-nilly about everything they did, even though they created Slanesh. But Mm -hmm. ever since then, the Eldar life has completely changed, and hopefully for the better. Oh, definitely. We would say. Yes. Well, if if you like restrictions. Yes. Well, they haven't fallen a second time. 
Mm-hmm. Give it time. So it's only been ten thousand. Obviously, years. it's been better. It's only mm-hmm. been ten thousand years. <laughs> so what? So and they had millions. How how long do we have to wait before we can well, say they, yes? This is a better. They had millions style. from the time they like earned galact the galactical dom- galactical dominance. Is that what it would be? Sure. Galactic. Galactical. Galactical. Your <laughs> <laughs> words. I am galactical. <laughs> they, they had millions of years from the time they got galactic dominance to the time they created Slanesh. And it's only been 10,000 years. So we have, we're, we're in like the oh, first. Oh shit, and they've almost created the, the Eldar God of Yanida. Yeah, exactly. So it's all good. It's all good. So this time they know what they're doing. <laughs> right. They've already, they already had their trial run of creating right. a God. They're going to do it right this time. That's right. Okay, so the path of the Eldar, um, the path is basically it's all Eldar craft world life. Yeah. It defines who you are. Um, you cannot be on the path and be a productive and contributing member of Eldar society on a craft world. Like, specifically today we are going to talk about craft world Eldar. We will mention Exodites and Drukhari a little bit, but the main thing is all craft world today. Um, to live without the path invites uh, destruction from Slanesh. Yeah. So really it's a way that the Eldar are protecting themselves and preserving their way of life yeah. and their culture from this chaos god that only wishes to see their destruction by yeah. consuming their souls. Let, let's just jump back a couple, couple thousand years and just kind of refresh people on Slanesh and how Slanesh was born. In the beginning of the <laughs> fall... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So basically, you know, the Eldar had a galactic spanning empire and they started to uh, mark galactical. Galactical spanning empire. Do we need to get you some reading lessons now? <laughs> Have we been focusing too much money on me? Mark, I do the learn real good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so they had a galactical spanning empire. <laughs> and uh they eventually didn't have to do anything. They had robots to take care of all their economy. They, they were given and, to yeah. the pleasures of life. Exactly. So they could just follow the whims of their heart. And uh, as we know, like the Elder are highly psychic creatures. So everything that they do affects the warp. So if you got an entire race of people just doing hedonist acts, um, eventually, you know, the their warp energies, their their emotions start to fill the warp. They coalesce. <laughs> And uh, the birth of Slanish happened. The the god of pleasure, the god of lust, excess. excess would be the big thing. And uh, yeah, at when Slanish was born, uh, she like her biggest thing is feeding on Eldar souls. When the Eldar die, yeah, Slanish she, would devour them. Uh, so Slanish was actually born um, in like the heart of the Crone Worlds, where like the Eldar the Eldar lived. Yeah, and then for a hundred light years around where she was born. She had ripped the soul from every El- Eldar and consumed it. Yeah. And that's what actually created the Maelstrom. Yeah. Uh, well, the Eye of Terror. Sorry. What's the Maelstrom? The one in the center. The warp storm oh, in the center. Yes. Sorry. Which is a different horrible act. Of course. Of course. <laughs> but, yeah. So, after the fall of the Eldar, after Slanesh was born, the, the craft world Eldar, the ones that kind of escaped, came up with, like, the, the path of the Eldar, like... They basically made this system to keep themselves from going too wild, too too crazy. And, it, it was uh, a way to place restrictions yeah. on their ability to interact with the world. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's kind of why they came up with this mm-hmm. system. But uh, uh, yeah, so each Eldar, they live on a path and it restricts their life. And uh, yeah, 
it just but it still allows them to experience the universe yeah right so the the purpose of this is that they're they're focusing on a specific thing while they go about their lives yeah so they're not getting an overload yeah uh there are many different paths that an eldar will walk along uh like some will be like the path of the warrior some will be the path of the seer and we'll come we'll show show you some of them but like you could really even if you're making your own lore you could come up with the path of whatever you want really oh probably most likely yeah like if okay why would you not be able to well probably because the thing is there's paths and then there's like sub paths yeah so probably what you would do is you'd make a sub path and you'd fit it into a major path that's already there yeah most likely unless your idea was extremely radical in which like if it was different enough from something else then of course you could make a major one yeah but they cover all the major bases so it would have to be something pretty pretty crazy but uh yeah they've had time they've they've (laughs) kind of figured this out a little bit uh, so something interesting to note is that no Exodites or Drukari follow a path. Now, the Drukari one is a little up for debate that we'll go about later, but 100% Exodites do not follow a path, yeah. and the Drukari truly believe that they do not follow a path. And the Exodites are the Eldar who left before the fall. Yeah, yes. They got the head start. They saw the way the culture was going, weren't really happy with it. Yeah. So they took off before all of this happened. Yeah. So they kind of had the head start on gaining some self-control yes. that the other Eldar seemingly now have this, like, cultural system to basically teach them, like, self-control or, like, to have this rigid system to help them kind of not go into excess. The Exodites yeah. had kind of already been able to figure some of this out, and they were the ones who left. Yeah. Which would be the reason why they're not following Of course, because the path was created after the Exodites had left. Yeah. And they don't need it. Yeah. Right. Because, they, yeah, they've got to figure it out a little bit more mm-hmm. than their uh, cousins. Yeah. Um, and then one, one thing to consider, too, is, like, uh, when the path of the Eldar was created, it was by the same people who, who caused the fall of the Eldar. Like, and and that's why they're not just, like, trying to, like, teach their children, like, oh, yeah, just, you know, don't go crazy. It's, they were going crazy, so they had to limit themselves just as much as their children. Like, that's why that system is there, too, because they were the ones who created the fall in the first place. Yeah. Uh, another reason that Eldar would follow the path is um, they can even experience something called, well, something that was mentioned as a sensory overload, and if they get... If they experience too much at one time and they open themselves enough, if they open themselves enough to it, too much to it, they can actually die. Yeah, which is crazy. Which is pretty interesting to think about. If an Eldar like just chooses to open their mind to fully experience everything around them, they can just shut down and burn (laughs) up. Really, so yeah. Essentially, there's something broken within them, and they're trying to find like a rigid system to allow them to not go to this excess which they seem to be leaning towards naturally (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's given enough time when you can do (laughs) when you can do everything it's tough to not do everything yeah well it's like what people say like oh if you could live forever like right what would you do and like would you eventually get bored and people like yeah so then you always have to take it to that next step further because when you're ten thousand years old i'd probably try and rule humanity really you either uh, die a hero or you live or oh my gosh or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain worst 300 quote ever shut up that's from <laughs> batman and you know it <laughs> batman 300 <laughs> 300 batman <laughs> nope sorry batman 
Batman. <laughs> Your lessons are paying off, Mark. <laughs> man is singular, man is plural. Yes. Mm-hmm. Women don't exist. <laughs> I've yet to get to that topic yet. <laughs> oh, we're Mark, dipping, it was we're, in the same class. We're dipping into the sexist jokes now. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So now that we know uh, why the path was created and why Elder will follow it, how how does it work, Mark? Well, <clears throat> the each path is focused on like a specific thing. Uh, so, like we said, it limits you to one thing and it allows you to focus on one thing. So you you will choose a certain path to follow, and you pour all of your being into that one path. Uh, and when you're on this, is it always like a, a choice? That you have to make? Yeah. Yeah, like you can choose. But sometimes to, you are pulled in another path. Yeah, like naturally everyone has their own personality traits. So like some people naturally go towards art artistry artistry rotisserie chicken and other <laughs> yep. people go towards the like path artisan Yeah. Yeah, artisanship. <clears throat> um yeah, and some people f- feel more violent, so they go towards the path of the warrior. But ultimately you can choose and ultimately it would be better for you if you choose something that isn't like necessarily what you want like it de- it's about a, a lot of that depends i think sure in the ex- in like the books that you're reading if let's say you have an eldar who for some reason is feeling uncontrollably joyous and wants to just create and create and create yeah so it's actually a good thing for them to go on the path of the artisan sure in order to control that it's desire structure. yes yeah. to be able to say like okay this is how i feel about something let me do this with some tutelage and some yeah. guidance so as to not go absolutely crazy with my desire to create yeah absolutely so there's also there there's part of it where you need to learn um, where you want, you have your talents lie that way, so you want to experience it. Sometimes you want to hide from something, so you choose a path that's very opposite of it. Yeah. But also sometimes you have, like, you need this guidance, or else you will just die. Yeah. Because if you if you just allowed, if you were in the path of, um, like the the path of the healer, and you just had an overwhelming desire to create and create and create, and you just did it by yourself. You, it's there's just no focus and guidance on this creativity that you have, yeah. And you would just give yourself over to this excessiveness, yeah. So yeah, you can basically choose any path you want. It might fall into that category. It might fall into another one. It, it's all very personal, like very every, personal. Everything with the Eldar is very yeah inward looking and stuff. Yeah, it's self directed, right? Like yeah. they, it doesn't seem like they're sitting down with like a guidance counselor. To, who is saying like you know what you really need to do this or somebody yeah. that's in charge of them saying like no y- hey i know you don't want to do this but i'm putting you on the path part or of that, that de- happens sometimes? it definitely does happen too um more often than not in the path of the seer sure. or the path of the warrior which would be a little bit farther along not necessarily would that still be like your first your first path i guess if, for some if, if you're, you're really psychic, getting to it if your psychic ability gets to the point of where you are now a danger to others Right, like because all elder are psychic, but that doesn't mean all of them are throwing lightning bolts. Sure. Right, but if you get to the point of where your psychic ability is just opening up and you're opening up, you can be forced to go down this path until you at least learn to control it. Same with your rage. If you're just in an uncontrollable rage, most likely you're going to join the path of the warrior by yourself. But right. you also might be forced into it just so you can learn to control that rage, and then you can go back to doing whatever you want. So there are instances of Eldar who are forced upon a path, but I think those are pretty few and far between. Yeah. Um, and and what's, what's crazy about going on a path, too, is, like, you become a part of that path. Like, you will shed kind of, like, 
previous aspects of yourself and really take on the aspects of that path that you're on. So, yeah, it's not just like a physical choice of I, I'm now going to start creating yeah. things. It's also a mental and psychological choice where previously I was a healer and I was very compassionate yeah. towards other people and subservient. But now I'm actually kind of leaving those things. I'm putting those those emotions aside to fully absorb the idea of a creator. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it's very interesting, actually, that they do it like that. Yeah, because it, it seems like it doesn't really build as much one on top of the other. No, no, it's not like it's, step one, you become right. a path warrior. Step two, then you're a healer. No, it's like... Or you're not like, yeah, like a multi-class yeah, kind yeah. of a thing. Where so now I'm a sweet healer and a great warrior. There is yeah. like a balance to be held there because you don't lose the experiences that you had right. while you were in that um, other path, but you... I think you, their weight upon you is lessened. It seems yeah. even like some of your like memories of things are affected when you move from a path. Definitely path of the warrior. But they're like when when I'm reading this, um, like other paths, you r can distinctly remember, and you can even remember your thought process at the time. Okay. It just it doesn't hold any weight to you now because you're yeah. you have a completely different thought process. Yeah. Right. No, I, I like that idea of it's not like we we just started playing Pathfinder, and it's not like dual classing. Right. It, it's mm. definitely not like that Correct. at all. Yeah. Like even if you've done eight paths, you're not now. It's whatever you're doing now. Exactly. It is very, the focus. It's the yeah. most important. And your time, energy, thoughts are all there. You might have some previous experiences or things, but they don't affect you like everything you're doing right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the, when the elder changes path, yeah, they don't lose the experience. Rather, uh, their understanding of themselves and the universe grows and expands as they seek to fully embrace and examine every emotion they experience. Yeah, so really it just, it the whole purpose of the paths is an, an Eldar's attempt to experience the entire universe with structure. Yeah. With a way that they can focus on one aspect at a time so they don't get overloaded, so they don't give in to their desire for more. Mm -hmm. And the purpose is just to learn everything and be able to master and control every aspect of yourself. Yeah. So there does come a point, though, when uh, the Elder will feel that they're no longer supposed to be on a path, and then they can just change the path when they want to. Um, like yeah, there, there's you, no need to master a yeah, path completely. You don't have to, exactly. And it might almost even be, fr like, not frowned upon, but, like, dangerous to try to completely master a path. Because it, you, you walk that tightrope, yeah, right? You walk that tightrope of being lost or completely mastering your craft yeah because there is such a thing that the elder call being lost on a path where it's like you've gone so f deep into this path that you literally cannot leave it now like this you is are you consumed now. by so it. like it would almost be dangerous to try to master something because then you, you you risk that thing of being lost on the path and never being able to experience uh another path um definitely a danger yeah yeah, which is kind of a it's counterintuitive kind of a weird thought to think about. Yeah, because you think like, well, this is what I this is kind of what I enjoy doing. This is what I do well. I just want to kind of stay here, but then to have that be a dangerous kind of thing. Yeah. you know, to be really, I'm really good at this. Yeah, I really yeah. like doing this. All Eldar walk that danger. Yeah, right. The the easiest way to look at it is like the path of the warrior. Um, the emotions of being on the path of the warrior is like violence, you know, like 
aggression, like they're very anger, anger. Sure. So if you get lost on that path, if you spend too much time on it, like that's definitely going to be bad for you. It's less than spending too much time on it. Uh, from what I saw, and more. Oh yeah, it's not it's like giving in to. Yeah, it's not like it's letting the anger and rage control you. Yeah, sure. If you're there for ten years, it doesn't matter. You could be there for a thousand years and not be yes. lost on the path. It's it's all about how much you choose to let those emotions control you, as opposed to you controlling those emotions. Sure. Yeah. What's but some, what, but but obviously, the more time you spend on the path, the higher risk <laughs> there is of that happening. Sure, and some of those paths are going to be more. Like there's more of a chance of getting sucked in or getting lost on some of these paths than on others. <laughs> yeah, of course, the path of the artisan. Right. I just, I love creating so much. I'm just lost in making this sculpture. <laughs> can't think about anything else. But even path though... Of this path of service. <laughs> I just love doing janitorial work. <laughs> the, the interesting thing is that even though these Eldar are considered lost upon the path and um, there's kind of a pity associated with that, they still have like a place of um, importance yeah. within Eldar society. Oh, absolutely. Because these are the ones who will guide you on the path. So it's like your teacher is completely lost upon the path and can never leave it, but they are going to show you how to not get lost. Yes. Yeah, they're like the best at it because they've been just stuck doing it forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, it is. it is weird that it's... Like kind of frowned upon, like or you don't down on. You don't want to do the what they did, but and, you want to learn from them. And their whole job, yeah, is effectively to be like, "Don't do what I did." Yeah, but I'm gonna teach you because I'm stuck here in this dead end job that I can never <laughs> leave. Changing the lanterns in the Imperial Palace. <laughs> don't don't become from. like me, kid. <laughs> so, so here's the question: So, if you get lost on the path. Are you always lost on the path? Because what if you then you're lost on the path and then you change paths, but you are no longer lost on the path. But then were you ever lost on the path to begin with? Well, that if you have the ability to change a path, you are never then lost. Then you are lost at all. Exactly. Yeah. Well, so then what? Someone says they're Yeah, what if somebody's like... Someone convinces you that you're lost on the path? Right, but then... Oh my gosh, shut up. And like 10,000 years go by, but then eventually you change and you're like, you know what? I wasn't actually lost on the path. I don't know. I think I think <laughs> there is that like... Like that line, and you've crossed it, and there's just there's but, no but turning what if back. You, yeah, like, like I, I wonder what that's impossible for you. There's yeah. there is that point. Like I wonder, like if other Eldar could like sense it. Like oh yeah, you have reached that point. Like I wonder how they actually know one is lost on the path. Like for sure, for sure, mm. you know. Because like I said, you could be on the path for ten thousand years, and everyone thinks you're lost, but you you're like, I just really like it, and then you know you instantly change. There, you were never lost on the path. There are physical signs in some paths that oh, you are, are lost. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, especially warrior and seer. Mm, the like, seer, yeah. The okay. seer one definitely, like you are, like your mind is like trapped, really, like yeah. in like a constant psychic like phase, and you're always trying to look at the web, and and you go too deep, and so the seer one is is kind yeah, of like, a little easier. Even the like dreamer is another one that yes. you can get lost on, right? Where you're the dreamer just, like, isn't hard to get lost on at all. Yeah, you're just lazy and in bed and <laughs> sleeping and dreaming, and then you just it's a path I would take. No, mom, I'm on the path. Let <laughs> <laughs> me know. You haven't got out of bed in six weeks. <laughs> but yeah, the, the dreamer is a good example because you just you give up on your physical body, and you 
only exists within the dream when your phys- physical body eventually like dies. And there are people who literally just watch you to make sure that doesn't happen. So. Spoiler alert, you just ruined that whole... <laughs> we can go deeper into the dream, don't worry. <laughs> oh, well. I, I think um, we kind of said all there is to know about past. Like, well, there, there there's are... one more thing about um, how paths work, and it's just that each path has subpaths. Yeah. Like, so within the path of the artisan, there's the path of the sculptor and path of the painter. Yeah. And you could probably say path of the cook or whatever it is that you put creativity in and joy and your, I don't know, whatever. I can't remember how I described it when we were chatting about it. But whatever it is that you create with in this path would fall under the path of the artisan. Whatever your specialty is. Yeah. Yeah. But you also could that. just choose to master a completely different aspect of the path of the artisan. Yeah. Like if you're a master painter, but for some reason there's an itch in you to learn how sure. to create poems, now you're creating poems as path of the artisan. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else about paths? No. Okay. We did it. And that's it. Thanks for listening, guys. That's been our episode. I'm going to tell you guys 50 minutes of cock jokes now just to <laughs> fill up the rest of the episode. Uh, but let's Chicken get into... jokes, eh? Huh? Chicken jokes, in case anyone thought I was being a pervert. I just thought I'd clarify. Like a rooster? Yes. This is cock rooster. Like he, poultry? Yes. He's a little bit of yes. a pervert. <laughs> Um, let's talk about some of the different paths that are listed, um, just on the wiki and on the lexicanum. Uh, so the first one we're going to talk about is the path of awakening. Uh, this path is all about your surroundings and how you kind of perceive the reality that you're in. Uh, it's the ability to see the insignificant or impossible things that a regular Eldar who isn't on this path just would not see. So this is like when, uh, the very first Spider-Man movie, like with, uh, Tobey Maguire, you know, when he gets bit and then he looks at his arms and he sees like his fingers, like, like he sees all the quills. He can see everything in super detail now. Like he's been awakened. This well, is the woke path. The woke path. <laughs> the most socially oh, conscious path. Sick. Um, really? I'm, I'm almost thinking more like Matrix. Like That could be it too. Like you actually perceive what, it, like you know how the Neo, re- like when Neo starts seeing everything in like numbers after he mm. dies, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Like he's now on the path of awakening. Ah. <laughs> well, that's definitely he part can of now what see it is. The wind, like, uh, oh, so this is just the high path. <laughs> <laughs> this is you just constantly the, do Eldar drugs. Yeah, to say essentially, on you're just like, whoa, man, the universe, <laughs> it's beautiful. Uh, but honestly, that that's what it is. The whole purpose of the path is to discover the natural beauty of the universe and it's staying grounded within reality and per perceiving everything about this reality. Definitely sounds like DMT. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this path is opposite the path of the dreamer specifically because the dreamer um, focuses on unreality in reality, non-reality I love the words you're coming up with today. <laughs> What's the real word? Lactical. What's the real word? What's the opposite of reality? <laughs> I don't know. Well, that's a deep question. That's, we're taking it in a deep. Wow. Maybe you're on the path of awakening. Oh, my goodness, guys. Stay woke. Stay with me. No, the dreamer focuses purely on that which doesn't exist in real because yeah. they're dreaming. So the, the, the awakened and the dreamer, I mean, just in their names, you can see the... the dichotomy there but there is they are completely separate um and a lot of times the path of the awakening 
um, is a precursor to the path of the artisan. Yeah. So in order to create something that like embodies your feelings, you have to be able to understand. You appreciate the beauty. Of and course. Then it inspires you to then create yeah. beauty. And you have a, com- a, a complete real understanding of materials and mediums and how those would join together to create the feeling you're trying to inspire. So, all right, let's, uh, it, well. So awakening is, it's more observational. It's actually seeing what's there. Mm-hmm. It's paying attention to the little details while the dreaming is more imaginative and going off into, because there, there is a little bit of that kind of what could be, it seems, into the, like, awakening. Would you say, like, for, like, uh, see the insignificant or impossible things that regular Eldar wouldn't? So like that, seeing the impossible, like is that, is there a little bit of like speculative part of the awakening that, or is that, hmm. is I, it more just like observing the natural world around us and like watching people and I, being I think conscious of the of, little details? I think part of that seeing the impossible is more um, watching the Eldar interact with other things. So when I, when I look at you, uh, drink that ice cap, for instance, you would just be like, I'm thirsty. But as on the path of the awakening, I can see like, what was your decision that led to you wanting this specific ice cap at this specific time? And, you know, you chose to wear a red hat today and you just like the hat. But as an awakened member, I can see the decisions that have led you to this point. That's kind it's of more, more like, what I see. Yeah, like scientific. Hmm. So like I see like these facts and then I hmm. assemble them yeah. together and I have like a hypothesis about it. And hmm. yeah, that's so more of see. how I witnessed their it, view. It's more of a scientific kind yeah. of process than yeah. like a dreaming kind of. Yes. It's all based in what you're seeing and taking in. It, yeah. I think the awakened to me was all understanding the why of something. You know, why does the ship work like this? Why it's do Sherlock we do Holmes, this? <laughs> right? Where he's like, oh, I can see you came from Africa because of the mud on your boots. And, you know, you, and he like lists off all these different like deductions or inductions yeah. that he's made. Um, I can almost even see it too as a different way of seeing the impossible. Like he's so grounded in reality. Like, so he's about to jump over a cliff. The cliff's 10 feet. He knows he can only jump eight feet. Like, he knows it's impossible. Like, he sees, he knows what gravity is, and, like, he knows exactly what everything is capable. Like, he he knows what is possible and what is impossible to do in this reality. Do you think he can manipulate it? No, no, no. Oh, he's just able to say, he has the perfect. This is what we can do, and this is what we cannot do. Yeah, we cannot go faster than the speed of light. So it's like a statistical analysis. Mm -hmm. Sure. sure. Right? He's like, if you take that shot, like, I understand the possibilities and the impossibilities of what you can and cannot hit. Based on my my understanding of your skill and your gun. No, to me, well, yeah, sure, that's one way to look at it. But I I look at it more like he looks at actually what is the physical or like the the limitations of the actual universe. Mm. Like what is actually possible. Like you cannot throw a ball into orbit. Like doesn't matter how many times you try. It is an impossibility. How hard would it be for an Eldar who is an inherently psychic being to ground themselves completely in reality, right? Like I, to me, it it would, <laughs> be, would be essential to know difficult. like what is actually possible and impossible. It, yeah, everything about an Eldar revolves around a psychic being. Like they they know nothing other than their their connection to the like they've never not been connected to the warp. Yeah. 
and magic, but yeah. to but to go on the path that completely focuses on reality would exactly. be like denying a part of yourself. Yeah, looking and, past part of yourself. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, which looking what, without that part of yourself because you'd have to completely remove the lens. Because the Mark, which is what Mark's never, completely right in reality. Like, let's say Eldar can only jump eight feet, but with the power of the warp. Maybe Elder they can, now that, can jump twenty feet. Exactly, but when well, you, you need remove to take that into consideration, but it's though. not like, part why of reality. Are you separating because anything is possible with the warp. That's not yeah. real. Yeah, what's and, real is what you. But can... But if it's possible, then it's because it's just being aware of like the the facts, but it, the science. But the, the warp is not connected to reality because the warp is a notion. The immaterium <laughs> is not connected to reality in the sense where you can conveniently and constantly predict its way. And, and it's impossible the, to say what is impossible with a warp. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, because it's so unpredictable. But I, I kind of I kind of interpret it that way. Not that that's the right way. That's just how it's I It's an interesting way to yeah. do it. But it just going because, on this chat has yeah. made the path of the awakening so much more difficult than I, I thought it originally it yeah. was. Because um, we know, too, like you were saying, like, you're, you're getting lost. <laughs> come back, come back, get off the no, map. No, I like it here. <laughs> no, it's you can't stay. <laughs> uh, but you were saying, like, why would you cut off like that warp part of yourself? The paths are all about cutting off different portions of themselves. Sure. So that's self control. Yeah, exactly. Denial of limiting portion. portions of yourself to better exactly. focus on other. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, that so. that fits well then, because you yeah. are you're removing or, or limiting this. Uh, psychic portion of yourself to better be able to walk this path. Yeah. Another thing, while you're on some paths, you cannot have thoughts that are opposed to it. Like, there there are some paths that you're on, like, you're on the path of the warrior, you do not have compassion while you're on the path of the warrior. Sure, but if you started to have feelings of compassion, that would just be, you're starting to get pulled the, off the, the path. The path of the warrior is an interesting one because you... Like, you're given something different than other paths. The path of the sure. warrior and the path of the seer are a little more different than regular ones because you, you don't really have choice in those ones. Like, you're very limited compared to the other paths. Yeah. Um, just because of some some spiritual thing that comes over the Eldar. The, we'll talk about it a little, little, more, little yeah. later more with the path of the warrior. but uh, Of course. But I just want to... There is that saying. distinction between sometimes... It dulls certain parts. Because it is about limiting yes, parts of yourself. It does so dull. If but you're on a path... Sometimes it's, it's not even of your own doing. I'll just say it now. So when you're on the path of the warrior, you're following like the Eldar god of... Uh, Cain. 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 Calamentia Cain. Yeah, Cain. Yeah, and, like, he he could potentially be, like, possessing you to some degree. Right. So, yeah, like, it, it's that called, like, a the red war veil. Mask. The yeah. war mask, yeah. And so. what it is is it puts you into the state of violence right. where you're numb to everything that you're doing and there is no joy. There is no compassion. There's just yeah. warrior. But having said that, like, if you didn't have some type of divergence like if you couldn't feel compassion at all you would everyone who went on the path of the warrior would then be lost on the path of the warrior it, it's all about so being like, able to shed the war mask yeah you turn it on like whether that's mentally or whatever it's like that yeah. i'm going into battle now hmm. or i'm going into training so yeah. i i put on this kind of but sometimes that mask physically sometimes that mask never comes off sure which would be then you're getting lost right <laughs> okay yeah, because if you can't take the mask off, if you're if you can never feel exactly. compassion, even after the battle's over, that's a good sign that you're lost or becoming yeah. lost. Uh, 
you we, need an I can talk about the path of the warrior more just because there's so much about we'll sure. get to we'll, it we'll, we'll get right. to it we yeah, should yeah. actually stick to our paths here <laughs> <laughs> wow Jordan uh, the next one we have is the uh, path of the artisan we, you pr- we pretty much said like yeah yeah it's it's anything the way you said it was um anything that you do with with emotion that has no real value um so well if, if you don't consider beauty to well, be valuable or so like, there's so, lots of value but it's like we were trying to make the distinction so, yeah. between this and like the path of um what was like to me one? i'm like oh so would this be where blacksmiths fall under because they make weapons it's artsy but eric was like the path of the artisan is all about like your emotional connection to it you don't make like a weapon like you make that weapon and it can be beautiful but you make it for a purpose where art ultimately has no purpose beyond that emotional appeal that you get for it. you can build a beautiful house but that house has a purpose you know it sure. has yeah if it, you're it's... if you're building it for someone else i don't think that's the part of path of the artisan yeah i think like, it would fall under something else personally if if you're building something because it's bubbling up in your desire that is the path of the artisan it has to come from within you as opposed to someone telling you do this i mean i'd see it more as like sub paths within the path whether it's like incredibly useful or not Hmm. i think it all still falls under the same path i don't think that there's going to be another like you know the maker of tools path is like being separate enough from the artisan path. I think it just falls under the same path because whether you're building a fountain or like a sculpture, like it's just, it's the bigger question of like what, what value does art have in a society and in a culture and in, well, in Eldar, they actually really, they love art, Hmm. right? So they appreciate art, but the difference is here is the, this, the path of service and that one finds um, their strength and joy through subservience and physical and menial labor. Sure. So most of most of Eldar society is automated. So then Mark was like, "Well, what happens if someone if they just need something created? Do they get a path of the service person to do it, or do they get a path of the artisan to do it?" Yeah, and if you're on the path of the artisan and you're a blacksmith, it's because you love being a blacksmith. Hmm. Sure, you could get some sort of like robot servitor or something, or like three D print off whatever you need. Yeah. Right, like. Uh, a, yeah. a weapon or something but if that's your desire then you're on the path of the artisan and you're in there forging things and making things because that hmm. that's your path that's what brings value to you but it doesn't mean it like that there's not other ways that they could get that right like doesn't that make sense that it, it does yeah i can see it going both ways for sure um because like eric originally disagrees yeah because originally that's pretty much what i thought too and then eric said like that whole emotion thing and then it well who's the expert really you've brought in the eldar expert <laughs> this is true this okay is... i'm going with peter i'm sorry tiebreaker goes to me yeah no give give me your thoughts well help me understand like when you're reading the path of the eldar and mm. the i think his name is karen what, what's his name cal in the book, yeah, you're in talking the book. about the path of the warrior. No, is it the path? Did of you the read warrior? those books, Peter? Uh, I read eighty nice. percent of the first book in preparation for this podcast. But uh, originally, he was the main character was on the path of the artisan, and right. so was the girl. Even the, yes. the female elder. Both they of have them, ladies, barely. Oh, uh, it's not a particularly female feminist book let me say that right now there's a little too much male representation in that book for my liking the the book or the universe the book 
because I'm gonna blame on 40k as the universe. Peter, watch your tone here. Underrepresented. Um, but both of them are on the path of the artisan. She focuses on poetry, but never once displays her works for anyone else because they are completely personal. He, on the other hand, is a sculptor and creates these massive displays for anything. And I just, I find no examples. Um, oh, and they also mention the fact that plays are written sure. um, as part of the artisan. Right. And then he's also competing with other art people on the path of the artisan to create the most dazzling, the most amazing displays. But in nothing that I read about the path of the artisan, is there any functionality in these items there's never once so i guess what i'm trying to say is there's there's nothing that's saying it can't happen but i have yet to see an example of them using their talents for a functional item as as anything other than a complete emotional expression of something non-real sure i just i don't see like the expression of another i don't think it fits into the path of service personally i think i would put it as a sub path under the artisan path yeah that Not could that be really thing. there could be a path no, of the artisan that has the path of service in it essentially they would call it something different but i see what you're saying like a certain path on the I think that's the and has. that's the big thing too is yeah. even to understand like within their culture like yeah you've got like the the big paths but like is somebody like is there a government that's keeping track of what path you're currently on like do people care is it more just that well, you're just kind of expressing right yeah. like you would, yeah. oh, I'm on the path of the artisan and this is how I'm expressing that I'm making beautiful weapons yeah. and then they're like whoa 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 <laughs> you actually <laughs> can't be on the path well, of the artisan well hold on there must right? be someone who is watching this because if you claim to be on a path that you just made up what if that is a completely like destructive path I wonder how much of this is just like culturally ingrained. So it's just like part of their culture where there's like Mm. certain taboos or things that you wouldn't do. And it's not so much that somebody specifically is watching you as much as just as a culture, Mm. they would see like the outliers or like the weirdos where it's you're doing something like, I think they just made up some sort of weird path. (laughs) Like I think we need to, you know, just the culture around them, the people Mm. they interact with would be kind of going, mm, what's what's up with Gary? Why is Gary uh, on this weird path? Eldar Gary. Eldar Gary. Yeah. It's Gary with two I's at the end. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's yes. not a Y. It's two I's. <laughs> and the R has an umlaut on it. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's enough <laughs> of the path of the artisan. Um, let's talk about the path of command. Uh, this path is reserved for those members who have... Uh, already completed several paths which is unique like this one actually you have to be talented um and uh one of those paths has to be at least the path of the warrior yeah, and an interesting yeah. thing to note about this path is you can complete the same path multiple times yeah because it there's kind of two aspects of it you can either you do a path and you complete it till it's done but let's say three thousand years later you're having some weird feelings and cravings again. You're like, man, like this creativity is bubbling out of me and I, I have no place for it on my path of the dreamer, right? So you leave the path of the dreamer and you go deal with this emotion by rejoining the path of the artisan. Yeah. Same thing with anger or rage. You're feeling anger and rage and you just go back to the path of the warrior. Yeah. So this on the path of command, like you could potentially have done the path of the warrior multiple times yeah. and you've done other paths and yeah so and and the purpose of this path is to become an otark 
and uh, an autark, and uh, they are responsible for like leading Eldar in battle. Um, so that's why you need that path of the warrior. Yeah, so it's definitely still a military um, and like fighting force path, but there's also just going to be other aspects and responsibilities for you while you're on it. Yeah, because you're not you're not just only going to be a warrior. You're also just going to be like no, you're a, a you're community gui- leader. Yeah, you're guiding fleets. You're yeah. you know negotiating a tr- uh, a peace arrangement. You're or, advising like yeah. the leaders of the craft world that you're on. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, this makes me have a lot of questions about how some of this is going to work because I I think like so are you choosing again like you choose your path. So am I saying like. I choose the path of command. <laughs> I'm ready. Like, is there like an like, opening? Just imagine how horrifying if Eric could just choose the path of command. Right, he's just like, and I'm now in charge we, now. Yeah, and we are all Look at listening me. to him. Look at me. I am the Otark now. <laughs> that would not be good. That would not be a good thing. So, yeah, is it like you're waiting for like a job opening, right? Where it's like, oh, dang, we're short one Otark. Hmm. We need somebody. And then you're like... I will do it. <laughs> or is it... Of course just, you will, Eric. Yeah. Of course you like, will. It's about time I was in command. And then it's, well, okay, okay he wants to follow that path. And so now, like, how do you think that it's would work? It's probably such a small amount of people. It is. Yeah. It really, that, like, it would just spontaneous, like... You'd it's probably a naturally, yeah. You'd probably naturally only have you'd have such a limited amount yeah. of people doing it that, like, yeah, sort of a spontaneous order thing where the supply never exceeds demand, yeah, and vice versa. Cool. <laughs> As I bump into everything, so yeah, and that makes me question, like, for some of these, right? Like, what happens when, like, for artisans, it's fine because you're yeah. like, oh, we can we can support as many artisans as we want, that. Okay, but for some of these other ones, what if you have like, you, you know, you're looking at Eldar society and they're like, oh man, we're <laughs> really short on commanders. Like everybody is just in a season where they want to be artists and mm. that's our whole society right now. We don't have, like we see a deficit in some of these areas. Mm. How would that impact a craft world? Okay. You know, like, I kind of have an idea about hmm. that. Okay. Oh, go for it. So Eldar society is very communal. And, like, you can kind of get a sense of the feeling of how the craft world is doing because everyone is connected at the very least because they're psychic, but also more because of the infinity circuit. Like, when the craft world is in danger, everyone feels it. When the craft world is in need of something, everyone feels it. Or if there's a war... You would okay. We need a lot more right, and people people just so like the avatar of Cain can just like if he senses something is coming and like because all of them are looking down the what's it the web of fate what's that called what do they call it the skein so like the the seers are constantly looking down the skein right trying to determine what's happening in the future and Eldar society like and this is kind of just my interpretation of it is that it will fill its gaps because of what's needed. If they if they feel that a battle is going to come 30 years from now, like more Eldar will start to feel the desire and the need to join the path of the warrior. Like is in that order psychically fill, manipulated? Yes. But it's not it's not really a manipulation as it is is like they all just understand like just intrinsically that something is going to happen and the Eldar the yeah, it's the almost like world a is gonna kind of a protection. spiritual impression. Yes, a like. spiritual impression. That's a good way to put it. Just because, like this, the Infinity Circuit houses all their knowledge and on all their things, and they're all connected to that. 
and you know the spirit just feels danger because of this battle that's coming in 30 years and so all the people get that impression of danger and how dare someone attack us and then Kayla just starts to pick Eldar and they all join the path of the warrior but in peace times you know it's more like there's a an uh, uh, who cares what you're doing right, right exactly yeah. but when it comes to command it's like we're gonna need it and then the desire of the craft world will affect how you feel because you are connected to it and you kind of leech and latch onto that and then it will force people to rise to the occasion or and there's inspire no, them to more yeah. than force them to well yeah i guess Inspires it's more like word. it's more yeah. of a positive yeah. than absolutely a, yes no it, i don't mean to say that you know you have no choice it's just well, you kind of have no choice because the choice is being made for you. Because if it weren't for this dangerous time, you would not be feeling this way. So it kind of is a force, but it's also you still ch- have to choose it. Unless, sure. I mean, there are situations where you don't, but that's... And there's no basis for this in any of the story. That's kind of just how I would picture them filling in their gaps. Yeah. No, there has to be something. Otherwise, if... It's too chaotic. It's if everybody is just choosing their own thing, uh, then it's not going to work as a society. Because like, like how would that work? How, how does it, it work in our society? No, no, no. Yeah, but not everybody. But we're not motivated just by I can do whatever I want. In fact, very few people. Like are. you're, you're motivated by the need to get money, right? And like the need to do something. But the Eldar, Eldar don't worry about that. The Elder have no like monetary system. They don't need or, it. Their their whole economy is done by automation and like everything, all their food's grown by robots and all that stuff. Like housing is never a problem. You're just assigned a living quarters. Yeah. Like your clothes are taken care of. Like even like uh, in the story, like a well, seer- but w- but wouldn't there even be if like say let's say a, a particular path is is say oversaturated with um, people on that path? Wouldn't that sort of because you would kind of want to, you'd still want to stand out as someone on a on a particular path. You wouldn't want to go in like an oversaturated path that has so many people and so much kind of competition, where it'd be hard for you to like advance in rank. You'd want to, so it would sort of be a, a somewhat self-correcting process where people would go to different paths. So you're looking at it from a, a perspective of where my decision ne- impacts yours. My decision to be on the path of the artisan impacts your decision to be on the path of the artisan. But in Eldar society, there's less of that and more of your own introspection. If yeah. you are having uncontrollable desires or you just feel it's time to go on this new path, society's decision should have nothing to do with you yours because you care about your soul. And if you get lost on something and you can't control it, that's your fault. And so you need to deal with your own things as opposed to letting everyone else's impact yours. It, it seems like there is some some portion of like within an Eldar, it's like, okay, what's good for me and what do I want to do? And then also the component that is like, what's good for the Eldar and what do I need to do for the Eldar? And it seems like those can be in different times. Sure, absolutely. More of an emphasis, But I right? don't believe there's any kind of equilibrium. That, well, then then like you'd say, there there must be some sort of like because it's just it's still a social society yes and, and, and eldar are very social and you want to contribute to society yeah and so you want to so, do what's good the, for the good of the eldar precisely and so it's not i feel like there wouldn't be zero incentive to not go down 
to go down particular paths or to not go down particular paths. And you are correct. There are like famous artists that yeah. people aspire to be like. And so in the path of the artisan, like you aspire to have your works known just as much as these artisans did. Yeah. You know, when you're a warrior, um, you aspire to be like, like a, great an amazing exploits warrior. in battle and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. But I think a lot of that can disappear when you no longer care about that particular facet of yourself or you're focusing on a different one. If you're on the path of the artisan, you don't care who the best warrior is because yeah. you're not focused on that. But it's, then it's at only the, when you join that path. At the end of the day, like you said, like I think the psychic connection is also part of their social cohesion. Right. So therefore that would have that would influence I would imagine that would I guess unless there's something explicitly saying that. Uh but you can kind of imagine that maybe that would influence what someone's path would be. Hmm. Yeah, that was kind of my like best idea of how it would fill the holes. And here's why that's all wrong. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Just kidding. Hit it on me. Just kidding. No, that no, I like that psychic psychic. You feel it, so you can kind of yeah. 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 You definitely feel it. Uh, could could even potentially like the warp have an influence on like when people are breeding, even like in vitro in the womb, like they're genetically being designed to be predisposed to particular paths. Hmm. It doesn't, I don't Maybe know. Maybe that's a bit they, outlandish. But. They seem to switch paths so often and it seems like you could just switch, like, which brings up another question. I don't want to get too far off rabbit trail, but like. The rabbit trail is good. But just think about how it's going to work if all of a sudden one day Eric is just like, I'm not on the path of the podcast anymore and now I'm going <laughs> to go over here. And you're like, well, really, we're kind of counting on you. Like, unless there's just another this guy who just steps up immediately and is like, I am on the path of the podcast now. Yeah. Like, it, it would be kind of frustrating. It doesn't seem like Eldar get frustrated by this because everybody's supportive whenever somebody's yeah. like, ah, I'm just drawn over here. They're like, cool, go for it. Yeah. But like... It'd be weird if all if people were just constantly able to just change yeah. and pull out. And, and maybe on some of these more important ones, like the Path of Command, they actually have some type of structure. Like you can't like a in, contract. Yeah, exactly. Maybe. Or it's just more. You I have to be more vocal about like. I, honestly, I don't know if I love or, this. And or so yeah, if you're like the, preparing for that inevitability. Yeah, like or if you're on the Path of Command, like you take like somebody in your tutelage right you know like you make sure that there's going to be somebody to fill your spot like it it is interesting because yeah like an elder after a battle on the path of command could be like well i'm done yeah i'm just not feeling it anymore so yeah. and then like and what and then what it's like it, we're still in the middle of a war here you can't just walk out he's like well i'm done there's there's like, definitely no, that's, that that's odd. possibility but if like and i don't say my idea is perfect but if all of a sudden there's a massive gap in the path of command the craft world will fill it. Someone will step up because the like society is going to demand it, but not really society, but the survival of your race needs that thing. Yeah. And it will that person will be raised up to fit that. And yeah. you you even see that in um in the path of the warrior when like an exarch dies, someone very quickly will rise up and fill that void sure. and become hmm. lost upon the path. Which is a smaller number, of course. Though. So for like yes. some of the that's a like micro command, cosm. it's probably okay. But and some of them aren't as important because you can do without. You know, if everybody quits being an artist, no you're going to be okay. But yeah, 
No, that's very interesting. I don't know. I, I think that that's where there's got to be a strikes component a balance. where it's it's you're doing what's good for yourself, but also what's good for the Eldar. So if you're in the middle of a battle and you're like, you know what, I'm just not feeling this anymore. Well, then after the battle is over, after the war is over, then I'm going to move on from this path. I don't think it's so much mm. like you're just like instantly. I'm out of here. Yeah, I'm over here, and everybody's okay with that. It's more yeah. like, hey, I'm gonna be moving on. Yeah, and it's a little bit more of some time that takes. Th- there know. would have but to be. I that. could also see. I could also see that not happening. And an Eldar is in the middle of a battle, and the war mask just breaks. I could see that happening, and all of a sudden they have the full impact of their violent actions on them, and they just quit. I could. I could see that happening. I don't think that'd be common, but yeah, I just can be, see it yes, happening. I agree. I don't think it's common, yeah. but I can see that outlying happen. Like you're <laughs> in the, like the, the path of the artisan is in the middle of creating, and sure. all of a sudden loses all desire. Oh god, to that's create. like every forty k player ever. <laughs> Mid army, <laughs> fuck it, I'm done. Yeah, definitely. It's happening. Okay, and then they I'm just, convinced. They move over uh, to something completely yeah. different. Like yeah. how many paths have you walked uh, for forty k army? Oh god. Seventeen, <laughs> <laughs> so many. Uh, okay, no, that's interesting. Uh, let's move on. Yes? yes, let's move on. So this actually neck path is really weird, and it's really cool. This is the path of damnation, uh, and no Eldar upon any craft world should ever walk this path. But this is more just unless a, you feel called to it. Unless you feel called to it, of I course. just feel <laughs> in my heart, my, my heart of hearts, that I am to walk the path of damnation, <laughs> and you guys just need to be cool with that because that's the choice. That's I'm who making. I am now. <laughs> uh, this is what the Eldari would refer to the Drukari as being on. So the Drukari don't the Dark Eldar don't feel that they are on any path. They feel like they're doing their own thing. Yeah, and the Eldari. Look at them and say, no, clearly you are on a path. It's just one that leads to damnation. Yeah. Um, and having said that, too, like, nothing is really concrete. Like, every elder you talk to will probably have a different idea of what path of damnation is. Like, there is no... It's whatever we don't like. Essentially, it could be. Right. Um, but there, it it's a very unknown path. Like... Because if you if you walk upon it, you are now, like... Yeah, there's no way you'd live in elder society if you're on this path. Yeah, so... Because you which would not fit. But, uh... So, the the Craft World Elder, like Eric said, believe that the Dark Elder are on this path. And this past path uses the pain and agony of other beings to create a psychoactive barrier that protects the Elder from the attentions of Slanesh. By feeding on this energy, they prevent their own soul from being consumed by Slanesh, and even keep their own bodies alive indefinitely. But at the cost of their moral and eventual damnation of their soul. Because as we know, like... All Eldar souls are constantly being fed upon by um, Slanesh. But, like, when you walk on one of these paths, that kind of, like, protects you a little bit, keeps you a little safer. And that's why, like... Yeah, you don't give in to the excess that your race can do. Instead, you're focused on something. You're reining it in. You're disciplining yourself, which protects you from Slanesh. Yeah, and that's why, like, the craft world think that the Dark Eldar can, like, maintain themselves. is because they're still doing a path. They're still focused on something yeah. they are still being disciplined even just in a weird way in a bad way yeah so we talked a little bit before about how dark eldar um instead of having their own souls eaten they use the agony and pain of of the slaves and yeah. of their gladiators to serve in their place yeah and this really fits well hand in hand with it um like 
you know, a lot of Games Workshop things, like, they don't fit well, but this what? actually fit, <laughs> but this actually has a really good fitting to it. And I really enjoy this one, actually, because it offers an Eldari explanation of the Drukhari. Yeah. Right? So it's almost like the, and the Eldari, and I, when I first got introduced to, like, the Eldar and the Dark Eldar, they seemed like opposites. Like, they could never get along. They would never understand each other. Yeah. But when you look at it through this explanation of the Path of Damnation, the Eldar just think that the Drukhari are just on a different path. And that definitely opens up their potential for relationship. It, yeah, it, the Dark Elder relationship in the Eldar is very different than, like, the Imperium and, and heretic. Chaos. Like, there is no getting along. Right. There's no feasible way you can make an alliance. But, yeah, there, there's a lot of alliances that are made between the Eldar and the Dark Eldar. And, yeah. yeah. It, it, I like because, the... Yeah. So, sorry. yeah. Um, Dark Eldar are constantly, because they are not on a traditional path, their souls are constantly being fed upon by Slanesh, which uh, makes their bodies grow weak and old, and they look like their skin is like crackling and breaking. And... Just a typical picture of Eric. <laughs> but they're growing old and they're dying because of this. Mm-hmm. But when they are on this path of damnation and they use the pain and agony of the people they torture, they actually restore their own soul and... It's an interesting thing to look at as an Eldar, a dark Eldar will go into a room looking like an old hag, yeah. do their torture thing, and they'll come out looking like the most beautiful being you've ever seen. And it'll actually revitalize their body. So technically a dark Eldar has found the true path to immortality ah. as opposed to a regular Eldar, which will at some point die of old age. Ah. But this dark Eldar... You're through- sounding a lot like a... <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm what, not saying it's good or bad. What are you currently watching? I'm One not saying it's good here. or bad. I'm saying they've discovered it. You're just saying it's the best. Hey, just wait. Like, so Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, how far into it are you? I'm like three episodes yeah, in. Yeah, okay, so spoiler alert, oh, you'll Peter. learn. You'll um. learn, Peter, what it takes for immortality. Anyways. <laughs> um, but it's, it's an interesting thought that this path, even though it is a path of damnation, they are still protecting themselves from Slanesh by following this path. Yeah. yeah. Which is cool. Agony and pain of another creature. Perfect. Perfect. My favorite. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> All right. Path of the Dreamer. Um, the Eldar on this path, they enter a meditative dream state, sometimes for even days at a time. Uh, they have developed the ability to even control their dreams. Um, it this like uh, this path allows for a very large amount of introspection. So whereas the path of the awakening was focusing outwards, the path of the dreamer focuses inwards on yourself yeah. and how you are and how you relate to everything. Yeah. Why you make those decisions you make and yes. well, is there some deep seated issue there? Or, exactly. Yeah. You know what is what has created you. You know. Um, the interesting thing about this is Peter kind of mentioned it before is that you have to be really careful not to get lost in the dream. Yeah. Because you, if you how many st- times do you hit the snooze button in the morning? At least seven. You're lost. on It's the path. bad. <laughs> it's really you are bad. lost on the path. Yeah. Um, it, it seems like it, this would be the easiest one. Oh, absolutely. To get lost on. I yeah. mean, there, there are dream watchers whose like whole job it is to just watch new people who are on the path of the dream to make sure they don't get lost. Yeah. Like unless you would say that the path of the warrior maybe is easier Honestly, to get I think lost on. Any path is easy to get lost on. Uh, this one just seems uh, yeah, I agree with Peter. a lot easier than yeah. others. Because 
like even like the path of the artisan, you're kind of like putting something in, right? Like you're like working on this sculpture. There, there's some component of what you're doing with it. This is just like you lie down and go into a trance, yeah. and then and your mind one, just kind of wanders away. I don't, yeah. I don't know if I agree with that. The idea that you just wander and you lie there, like the the ability to shape and control your dreams requires an effort and an input. And then if the purpose of this is introspection, if you just sit there and let the dream happen to you, you're not really learning or doing anything but if you're creating and shaping the dream and trying to understand what it is you can get lost so you're, you're saying like this on is, the knowledge this is less like you're just like taken away like swept away into your dreams and to make this work it's really more like you're putting an effort into shaping things and thinking through things and if you're not doing it you're not really, well that was not really going to work for you you're that just was fall asleep yeah you're gonna that was my understanding a more is that it's less like because and then everyone get, so getting lost yeah. on it isn't that you just like go Give to sleep up. and don't wake up. Yeah, and you're depressed and you're just like, oh, no, it's that sucks. You, but you, you get lost and you're going and too deep and you're just thinking through like all these things and right. It's trying to, to get lost because like, you're going too far in it. If you're like, why did I choose um, chocolate milk this morning instead of white milk? Well, I chose it because of this, but why did I choose that? Because of, because my mom. of this. Why did that happen? Because <laughs> of this and this. And that is my more, childhood. <laughs> but that is more getting lost upon the path of the dreamer than someone who just lets himself be swept away. I think there might be an aspect of that, but to me it was more like the deeper you go, you never find your way back out. Interesting. Hmm. I can see that. It was a very inception uh, type thing. People can get crippled by indecision. And if like you're looking at every decision and you like eventually you'll find that spot where you just can't make decisions. Right, exactly. Because like, okay, so everything every, has a reason. And if you... And then you have to think about like, okay, I'm going to do this decision. But why am I going to do this decision? Right, yes. Before you even made the decision. And then you can't even make the decision because you're trying to figure out why you're going to make the decision. To make the decision. To make the decision. Exactly. Yes. So that, I... Mm, sure. That was more how I viewed getting lost on the dream. Yeah. Okay. okay. So it's not so much, yeah, that you're just falling asleep, having a good time, killing zombies in your dreams, <laughs> banging bitches... You're, emperor, you're, you're, emperor, farmer, farmer's wife. Yeah, yeah. You're you're actually trying to benef- benefit your your own spiritual, mental, uh, well being yeah. type thing. Yep, sure. Then that could be scary for some people. I don't want to know why. I, I don't do want to know why. <laughs> Holy, <laughs> there's some questions I don't need answers. Yeah, exactly. Why did you decide to grow that beard, Eric? I don't want to know. I want to. It's because I look like a small child without it. <laughs> <laughs> there we have it. <laughs> okay, great. All right. All right. Well, <laughs> did, did we? Yeah, we talked about dream watchers. We did? Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, they watch you while you're dreaming to make sure you don't get lost on the path. And also, yeah, to make sure that you remember to wake up so you can eat. Eat. (laughs) Yeah, all right. Uh, Yeah. So, Stay nourished. Yeah. (laughs) All right, next one. Path of grief. Path of grief. Go ahead, Peter. Yeah, no, this is a bit of a strange one. So in this path, the Eldar feel the pain and suffering on behalf of all Eldar. (laughs) <laughs> so whenever there's like a calamity or something's going wrong, people are dying. Yeah, they're the like ones the Eldar who are feeling come, the grief. The the warriors come back from a mission and it was terrible, and you know, fifty Eldar died. And so they are they have the capacity on this path to kind of feel some of these intense emotions, go into the depths, kind of where 
other Eldar might, it might be dangerous for them. Absolutely. They might not be able to kind of take themselves to that place because they'll go too far, but they're yeah. able to kind of walk that path, feel those emotions properly, like process them, mm. deal with them. Yeah. But it, it's a little weird to have people who are like feeling grief on the behalf of like a people. Um, it is interesting. So I, I think it can go back to that whole, all the Eldar are connected psychically. So I might give you my initial psychic like emotion and then from there i let go of that emotion and then the path of the grief he can work through it he can do that and then when he's like solved it like when he's come to terms with it you could then meet up and then he could give you like that final like there's everything is okay and you're like everything's okay there's a guy who suffered the calamity never had to do any of that any of that work it's all on the path of the grief. There's definitely some aspect of that. Yeah. Which is weird. It, like, it almost seems like cheating. If Absolutely. You know I mean? But it, like, it's... Because it's these... The way I picture it is if there's this psychic connection between all these Eldar, then there's these release valves, right, that are, like, properly processing through these emotions and getting rid of them. Yeah. And so, like, the grief is one of those, right, where yeah. they're feeling it and then they're releasing this so that it's not dangerous. Yeah. But it, it just... Like, unless they're, like, a grief counselor, right, where it's, like, they're talking with you and helping you to deal with stuff. And but to do it on behalf of, like, man, Eric just lost somebody and, you know, there was this horrible calamity. And so I feel that on his behalf and you're just, like, la, 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 la. I, I think it's there's crazy. kind of a two-sided coin to this. One is that if I'm on, like, the path of the artisan... Uh, like let, just as an example, I'm on this path, right. and one of my friend dies, and you're on the path of grief. At like my capacity to feel grief within the path of the artisan doesn't exist. Sure. To the same ability that yours does. Right. So I am just I am unable to mourn my friend to the level that he should be mourned because anytime an Eldar dies is devastating. Because that's sure. such a important, like they're very social, right? And so, they've lived a long time. Right, and they have a You've lot of known experience. Them for a thousand years. Yeah, no, for sure. It should absolutely <laughs> cripple me. But because of the path I'm on and because of the focus that I'm doing, I am unable to process that. But that doesn't mean it shouldn't be done. And that's where sure. you step in is that it, even if I there is. I remember them, no, I know that they died. Yeah. I kind of walk through that while you are like. Numb to dead it. and you know, in, incapable of feeling Absolutely. proper emotions. I do think, but that it's that's so weird. It's like a it's a it's professional a cool mourner. cultural kind of a thing, but yeah. it's very bizarre. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, like for sure. But so is but, any of this when you really think about it. Like someone who is on the path of um, service and is like fully invested into the path of service, like in my understanding, loses the ability to create for creation's sake. And as soon as they feel like it's time for them to create, now they are no longer on the path of service. And right. they lose, not, not lose, but they put aside that portion of themselves that was to service. So if you're not on the path of grief, you have put aside your ability to grieve. Like I can see where for each individual Eldar, when they're on the path, I can see the benefit of it to them personally. Right. Right? Like even if you're walking the path of grief, like it's that's good. Like you're, th these are good things if you're creating or if you're serving. But the inability that people on these paths have to feel some of these other emotions is where it starts to get weird. <laughs> and so the fact that you're on the path of the artisan and you're not able to process and deal with or feel even these same emotions, that's where it starts to get a little 
strange and eerie. We also you got we got to remember that they aren't human. Right. No, and I love the alienness of it. It like is I, very I, alien. I prefer when my aliens are alien. You right. Know? And they're not just humans in another right. body. But it's it's just weird to think about that. Yeah. It's a very alien way to think. It, they could even <laughs> like to keep them from feeling other emotions. They can always toss up like psychic blocks and stuff with their psychic abilities yep. and that would definitely help them from feeling it and yeah. But well, grief is a very powerful oh, yeah. emotion, right? I've seen many people get destroyed by grief. I can't tell if you're being serious or not, because that's actually a real thing, and how oh, dare you I know. joke about it, is that? Is that because you've hurt them so badly? Is no, that what you're saying? No, that no, you, just saying, I have many grievances. People so <laughs> many grievances. No, I'm just saying, I've seen path. people who, yeah, who can't no, properly deal with their grief. And it's they, challenging, for sure. It's just every, I can't be taken seriously, so even when I say something <laughs> serious, people are like, are you joking? That's Brent, too. <laughs> oh, man, yesterday we were walking by, and he sees this car, and he's like, man, that car is dirty. And I look, I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, like, that's a nice car. So I ask You're going him, through all the details. Like, you look, there's no dirt on that car. Right, no, no, Is that right. a cool car? Right. Like, yeah, it looks cool. Yeah, but his his voice was that it's dirty. <laughs> and so I have to ask him. I was like, I don't know if you're if that means a good or bad thing. Like, I need you to explain that. <laughs> and he's like, Eric, I said it's dirty. I'm like, I don't know what that means. That's just, it's, that's just you and your family. That's <laughs> You still problem. don't know. No, I have no yeah. idea. He just kept saying it was dirty. <laughs> Uh, okay. Anything else about Path of the Grief we want to talk about? Just this whole, like, psychic release valve kind of thing is the, the psychic connection between a whole group of people where they, like, somewhere along the way, they realize, like, we need people to have, feel these emotions, to remember our dead, and to properly grieve for them. And even the whole psychic connection of, like, that needs to be processed, because if all, some of these, like, psychic emotions build up too much, even in, like, a whole people... Without acknowledging world, them. Without being processed, the danger that comes from that. That it might not just be just an individual... It's a necessity ...getting thing. lost on the path, but all of us maybe, like, not processing through certain things yeah. or aspects that psychically could come back to really hurt you with Slanesh. Of course, yeah. It's a good way to put it. Uh, okay, let's talk about the path of the healer. These Eldar are... Um, the, hmm. Sorry, messages. Yeah, they're just healers. Yeah, they, exactly. And whether it's physical healing, spiritual healing... Um, mental, emotional, psychological. Yeah, exactly. So when you're, yeah, in a universe that's constantly Sexual at... Healer. Exactly. At war. <laughs> yes, Jordan. If you're living Always in Always relevant. Jordan is a sexual healer. <laughs> In a grimdark universe where there's war constantly. That doesn't mean need... we can't have a little bit of fun. <laughs> you're going to need some good healers. <laughs> doesn't mean we can't have a little fun. <laughs> <laughs> that one was for you, Matt. <sighs> but yeah, these, um, yeah, there's a, a good part of this is um, like you go to a psychologist and you share like what you're working through. That's just as important on the path of the healer as healing a physical Eldar's yeah, doctors, body. surgeons. Yes, because your soul and your mind is so important to an Eldar that, like, you got to make sure that you're, you know, you're not straying or you're not straying. Straying. Oh. What did I say? Straying. You're not straying. <laughs> I have a stuffed nose. <laughs> <laughs> Leave me alone, Mark. <laughs> we get it. That's cool. Yeah, so it's, it's all every part of an Eldar's um, aspect is important to be healthy to them, and so yeah. Path of the Healer will help you retain that. Yeah, sure. 
All right. Now how would you get? How so would you get lost on the path of the healer? Well, I was thinking about that, but I could see you can get lost in any of these paths. Like you just give yourself to. You're more focused on helping others and healing. Uh, that you're. There's great satisfaction from helping people. Yeah. So. It's more okay, but he, Eric's un, he's not convinced yeah. by that. The path <laughs> the look he's on, on his face. That's because <laughs> the path he's on, he doesn't feel these emotions. Holy <laughs> shit! Compassion, wanting to help others. Well, oh, none of those exist. Them get better. They don't exist. The in real look capacity. on your face was like the joy you can get from helping people. Disbelief, utter, <laughs> complete. <laughs> So wow. to me, though, again, it just comes back to the challenge within this like craft world of if you are a surgeon, if you are in a highly trained profession and then you leave that path, it's yeah. not an easy thing to replace. Yeah. So it's just they, they, they have to have some checks like maybe, yeah, you always have to have an apprentice under you that can take it. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It, I mean, maybe it all balances out. Maybe it's just maybe. because of the population of the craft worlds, they just they need enough of these, and uh, psychically they manipulate or encourage people in certain ways that yeah. they find people to fill these spots. But yeah. it's just so crazy to think because in like our societies, yeah, people change jobs and people do different things. But like for Eldar, it seems like they they could do this frequently. They could have multiple changes, and they could change at any time. Yeah. And just because how many people in the world are doing a job that they would consider like either dead end or they're not really passionate about anymore, okay, but check, they just do check. it because that's what they have to do. <laughs> Two check marks. But if me. you didn't have that where you're just walking away from it, and you can just do whatever else you wanted to do. I think there'd be some people that would be changing, you know, and yeah. not sticking around. But to replace that, all those years of training and things that it takes to be able to do these things, to be a healer, like. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a lot of it, too, uh, can come back to, like, all the automations in the machines. Like, I wonder how many surgeries the Eldar are actually doing compared to sure. allowing the machines to do it. Like, I wonder. So the healer is more the interpersonal stuff that, like, a machine can't do. Yeah, or, yeah, who Or knows? even, like, a psych, like. Maybe the Like, heal- you could psychically knit your bones back together. Yeah, like. Right? Maybe the healer nowadays for a brain surgeon healer literally just presses the button for the machine to do it. That's his He's his like, job. Man, I feel satisfied. <laughs> like he does I did good, good work, work today. Work. <laughs> like yeah. Uh but yeah. Okay. Uh next one, Path of the Mariner. 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 He learns. I know. I want to live. Ha- half of it half of my speech impediment is just laziness and the other half is self-doubt. <laughs> If I intentionally mess up, it's okay if I mess up. Yes, of course. Because it was intentional. Exactly. Yes. You did it on purpose. Yes. I, I um, have spent some purpose. time on the path of the awakening. I know the inner workings of Mark. <laughs> uh, that would be the path of the dreamer. Oh, a dreamer, yes. Yeah. The path of the mariner is uh, reserved for crewmen and officers uh, that pilot the craft world starships. Um, so there's like a lot of scouting ships that a craft world will um, employ or just like even ships that move between craft worlds when they meet up or go to down to planets or whatever. Anyone that's a pilot or an officer like they are, or even just serving on a ship communications officer. Yeah, exactly. Any of these guys are mariners. Yeah, exactly. And they had like mechanic. Wouldn't that be path of the service? Not if it's on a ship, not if it's on a ship makes you wonder. Doesn't it? I would assume (laughs) at that point it would be automated. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, no, absolutely. We can get sure. into the minutia of that, but um, 
<clears throat> the like the reason you would want to join these guys is because you don't you're not you don't feel satisfied with what's in your craft world and you want to see something beyond the craft world you want to experience what life is like and outside of the confines of regular eldar society uh you want to see the stars you want to have a little bit more freedom to to move around and stuff so it's a very freedom oriented um path explore yeah yeah and ex- explore yeah mm-hmm. while not being an outcast because ah. that's the next one we're going to talk Woo. about is the path of the outcast these um this is a very different path because like an eldar who feels drawn to this path has kind of completely abandoned his desire to live within eldar society yeah and in doing that they reject the past system altogether right yes because they don't <laughs> but feel... are considered to be on a path <laughs> yes. so can you really reject the path system <laughs> i mean the path the elder even have a path for the drukari i mean yeah they probably have a path for the exodites too the path of the farmer mm. the they path just call of the whatever simpleton. you do yeah you're on simpleton <laughs> the path of the dino rider <laughs> <laughs> yeah anyways and uh yeah so they don't really fit into like the elder circles anymore like they don't they typically don't live on craft worlds anymore. Yeah, because they don't agree with the decision that you've made to follow a single path. Yeah. And uh, when they do go on craft worlds, they are not there for long periods of time. Because, yeah, they'll still have family. They'll still have friends that they'll visit. But yeah. the reality is they just they find the conformity of the craft world stifling and yeah. unbearable. And they just desire to be free in the decisions they make. Yeah, because the big thing is they, they ultimately want the freedom they don't want to be stuck on one path they want to be able to experience the entirety of the universe they want to experience anger and grief and creativity and at the same time exactly at the same time so theirs is without a doubt the most dangerous of these paths other than the path of damnation yeah but this one will often lead to the path of damnation yeah of all of them this one is the closest to it for sure um, <clears throat> the, these guys actually prefer to take very long missions in space, like long advanced scouts, um, which is good because, you know, the craft world still needs those. So they're yeah. still fulfilling a role within the craft world. Um, the, uh, most of these, uh, outcast members they actually become raiders, uh, pirates, or even just Eldar Corsairs and yep. pirate Eldar pirates aren't like bad. No. That's just the term we've given them. Yeah, it, it's more that they're raiding for resources rather than raiding for pleasure. Right, like, yes. Because yeah. if you raid for pleasure... Now you are... Now you're on the path of the damnation. Ah. Or at least you're getting there. Yeah. Uh, path of the Scholar. This is what Peter's <laughs> on. This is Peter's path. Uh, they desire nothing more than knowledge ah. and the mastery of knowledge you guys remember that like one video that was like you know what i love more than driving my car (laughs) through the california hills books knowledge oh Oh, is that uh ty lopez i don't remember his name but he was getting like super famous for a little while he's always on youtube right yeah he's he's like one of those like motivational speaker guys like change your life around by doing knowledge (laughs) he's the path of the scholar (laughs) if you're a teacher a researcher scientist any sort of academic, then this is the path for you. Yeah. Become lost. Become a mad scientist. <laughs> books. Book books. books. <laughs> Quick pretend you're asleep. <laughs> We're in a library. <laughs> uh, path of service. 
So, so this this is where we find the weird potential crossover between service and artisan because these guys they find uh, completion and like fulfillment performing like menial and uh, physical sometimes physical labor even though everything is automated in LR society you could just like tell the robot like no like this is my service I will empty this garbage right no <laughs> like as dumb as that sounds is pretty much what it is. It's the and d- everybody's just like, hey, you do you. That's yeah. what you love to do. Right. Go and, for it. And I think the whole thing is the difference is that this has to serve a purpose for the community. And that, to me, is the main difference between artis- artisans and servants. Is really, that- it just seems like all they care about, though, is like that it gives you a sense of fulfillment and keeps you from like going crazy and slanesh feeding on your soul like that's okay so ultimately it seems like path, that's kind of the good because every like you're saying it's an automated personal. system they don't they don't need any of these people but every path there is no need is personal right so every just, path you is love doing you. this okay but it but the difference is that like i also love researching but so how is that not service because it's clearly focused in academical function and it's not for the purpose of someone else's well-being and that's what services guys for. i think the key word here is this is a fictional universe <laughs> do you even know what universe means mark <laughs> sorry <laughs> so sorry to interrupt your aunt there <laughs> no it's just like there has to be that distinction is that the service is specifically for other people but if if you could just automate any of these things to have somebody do it themselves is less efficient. Absolutely. So the only benefit that comes from it is just that that person feels satisfied in what they're doing. So, so if you could just push a button but and so they do is, the surgery, but so is or artistry. you have a, a doctor do it. We can create so machines their, their that create music. Their whole culture is just built on, hey, we just need to find stuff to keep everybody, to have a purpose and something to do. It, but we can create machines that create music. We have no need for musicians other than their desires to create art so the difference between the fact that someone wants to create art and someone wants to give a service to someone else that's the difference if i would like to be a blacksmith for the purpose of providing a service to someone else that is path of the service but it's just their whole society is just made up of like keeping people busy (laughs) and like doing busy work to feel satisfied so that Slanesh doesn't feed on them. <laughs> That's basically what yes it is. Yes and no. Which is why, like, you either find, like, fulfillment in that or you just keep, like, switching between stuff because, like, you can do any of this stuff and it doesn't really matter as long as you kind of feel good about what you're doing. So, so you're Slanesh ruining my idea of the perfect you. society. I don't know. I just think it's kind of like, at a certain point, like, they've. They just stick with the automation and, you know, like this guy, (laughs) you just see like this janitor guy and he's walking along and he's emptying all these garbages and there's like a whole bay full of like robots (laughs) that could do it better than him. But he's just, hey, you feel good about doing your day job. Machines are fickle (laughs) and they'll break down and they'll turn into AI and they'll kill everyone. (laughs) That's what I've learned from either either break break down (laughs) or they'll kill us all. Those are two different directions, I think. Either or. <clears throat> but while most of the craft world is automated, there are some still some things that require a live touch. Sure. And that would be... Prostitution. Where, well, obviously. Well, <laughs> no, sex dolls. Passive service. <laughs> sex dolls. 
Not as good as the real thing, Eric. I know you wouldn't know anything about the real thing, but... All around me are familiar faces. Uh, but there are still, still some things that require the, a real-life person to do, yeah. and that's what these guys would mainly focus on. It's tough for me to think of an example, but... Uh, Art. I'm sure... Hey, no, Mark, Are you talking about service? Yes. Oh. Like what's yeah, an we're, example we're that still you, on it. <laughs> what, what would you need someone to do that a robot couldn't? Repair the robot? We have robots that create more robots. Of course they'd be able to repair them. Okay. Then I would imagine... That, a, but that's the whole thing would, I'm trying to say. Is I would that imagine this, in, in an entirely automated economy, it, like all sorts of jobs would open up that would require more human touches. Even as far as like... Give an example. Customer service. Customer service is one. Uh, but even even things like you could probably <laughs> what need is there for customer service when you can have anything you want and there's no problem with it. Like, <laughs> you know how you go to Amazon and you order something? Well, now in Eldar, you can just create what you want and it's delivered to your door. Yeah, but if you have like a problem and you need troubleshooting or something, most people would prefer and it's just like a human thing. And maybe it's perhaps yeah, an Eldar relational. thing. Yeah, you, you want to talk to like a real person rather than than just an automation, right? Jordan, I suppose I never AI. want to talk to a real person. <laughs> Maybe you. Uh, perhaps people who are like, you could probably like have people who are like fr- just friends, right? Like, <laughs> like, like, yeah. you're, lo- you're hey, lonely. Wait. What you- you're what lonely. I have a person. whole bunch of prostitution. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. Anything to do with psychic, right? Like yeah. any psychic stuff, a robot. I saw I saw this that. hilarious yeah, so I saw this hilarious LR video where troubleshooting uh, your psychic abilities where this woman <laughs> like pays uh, men to come over and cuddle her like mm. that that's it's like very common in Japan oh is it okay yeah, yeah. well I think one, it's a, the vice versa where men pay women but. okay yeah but but it's like that's like guys a very, I want to be a professional cuddler no I've decided go shave the the thing is we couldn't actually my whole body. It's this is <laughs> this is all like this is all like in our imagination. This is a fictional universe. We can't. How actually, dare you, Jordan? Whoa, whoa. How dare you? We Put can't. The right we, there. we can't actually imagine what kind of industries or services would pop up as a result of automation. Like we don't actually even. We can't even conceive of it. Uh, no, there absolutely. Stop thinking. Of course, what it is because it says there are some things that still require the live touch. We know there is. Yeah, but. Yes, because I don't live there, it's tough to picture exactly what they have created robots for and what they haven't. Well, a, a good example of what requires an Eldar, it would be the next path that we have, the path of shaping, which a machine can't do that for you if we go into uh, <laughs> we can go in. what the path of shaping Yeah, let's is. go into it. On the count of three, everybody. <laughs> well, if you read our notes, Peter... <laughs> you would see that the path of shaping is actually draws upon the path of the artisan and the seer and actually has nothing to do with service. No, the point I'm making is that th- these are things that only Eldar can do. Oh. And that yes. automation can't take care of. Of course. Yes. But, if you're, that's what I'm trying. but if you're doing Dumb this, you're on the path Eric. of the shaper and not the path <laughs> of the service. Right, which is why I said, let's take a look at the next path. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm on the rabbit troll of service and we're not leaving until we've determined... What no. an Eldar does for service. And I'm staying right here. Use your imagination. 
But what they're doing is they're just, (laughs) it's just busy work. That's what all of this is. This is just a sham. There's so much of this. It's just to keep them busy. That's the Eldar way. But that's exactly what it is. Because otherwise, if you stay on one thing for too long, then you're going to get lost. If you don't bounce around, then Slanesh is going to feed on your soul. This is all busy work. Yes. That's their whole society. (laughs) Of course. But that doesn't mean it can't serve a purpose. Anyways. (laughs) It's fucked. It's all fucked. Uh, Let's talk about the path of shaping. Uh, This path draws upon the similar values of the path of the artistan, as well as the practical knowledge of the path of the seer. Um, Do we want to actually do this one after we do the path of the seer, maybe? Then people will know. Doesn't matter. Okay, fuck it. Path of the seer is psychic. Sure. That's all you need to know. Sure. Good enough. Well done. Well done. You saved the day. And uh, <clears throat> these Eldar will actually sing while employing their different psychic abilities to manipulate and create many different artifacts from Wraithbone. So Wraithbone being like the skeletal structure of the craft world itself. Yeah, and a lot of their things are made out of that. Um, but like it, swords. It's, yeah, it's like a psycho psychic resonant material that you can like pour psychic into and like actually shape and manipulate it. But, uh, and, and interesting thing is solidified that, warp energy, I think, is what it's technically called. Yeah? Yes, yeah. yeah, that's what it's technically described as. Yeah. So, like, you you have to create like these this um, uh, wraith bone, and then once it's there, then you have to have the ability to manipulate it. Yeah, and like their whole yeah craft world is made out of this stuff. Like most of their isn't that what the infinity circuit is? Mm-hmm. Is within the wraith bone? I yeah, I so. think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because this is like they're what, connected. Yes, yeah. yeah. But uh, these uh, people along this path are called bone singers because Just because they sing this bone into yeah. the shapes that they want. Yeah. And uh, the other very interesting thing that they do is they will make the runes that the seers use to perform their psychic uh, abilities. Yeah, and this is going to tie into the path of the seer. Yeah. As we go forward. So let's go forward. Path All of the right. Seer. Let's go forward. <laughs> so, uh, sorry, before we do that, Path sure. of the Shaper. So do you think you have to have been on the Path of the Artisan and the Path of the Seer before you can go on the Path of the Shaping? I don't think it would be necessary. The Path of the Seer? Well, it doesn't say that the... Like, so for the Path of the Seer, you ha- you're like one of the most powerful psychers, right? Uh but for the path of shaping, it doesn't say anything about, like, the... So, practical knowledge saying, yeah. of the path of the seer. Yeah, but you're... You can't gain practical knowledge of the path of the seer if you never were on the path of the seer. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. I think you could have affinity to the, the wraith bone and singing and a, a natural kind of talent or ability to kind of do that so, and wouldn't necessarily because it's like you could you could make something without fully even understanding like how the seers are going to use like maybe if you're talking I don't about think you can the, I do that well, with electricity parts. all the time I don't know how the <laughs> yeah but that's because it it's sorcery it's oh different. yes but yes. like so f- maybe for making the runes or things that like a seer would want maybe that would require more knowledge but if you're just like feel like yes. tuned to like singing out and because yeah it's like part of this is like a structural thing for their ship right like mm-hmm. so you're gonna you're singing or or drawing out like this beam like a a structural beam that's going to extend out part of the ship like you don't need to have been a seer to do anything like that 
So I think like for some of the deeper mm. parts of it, maybe it would be a benefit to you. I'm not but sure. Like I agree intro to like bone singing 101. I don't think you have to walk I, these other paths the, first. The reason I think that I disagree to that is that every if every Eldar is psychic, and as soon as you, you show um, an increased psychic ability, you're put on the path of the seer just in order to learn to control it so you're not a danger to anyone else or yourself. Because that's the main thing about being psychic is that you are constant. It's a two-way street. That's what we've said all along is that if you're using the immaterium power, the energies on the other side can just as easily come back and use you. Yeah. And if you don't learn to control it, if you're not walking that line, then you'll never like you'll, you should just never use psychic powers but wouldn't you see the path of the seer as being more like smaller or more rare or something that you like it's not just everybody is going on the path of the seer right like whereas i think i don't i just don't see the shaping thing as like an offshoot the, of the seer path the I think reason it's something that the reason i think you need it is because in shaping you're literally taking warp energies and shaping it to your command hmm. so the difference between a seer shooting a lightning bolt and a shaper creating wraithbone they're both manipulating warp energy. They just have different outcomes. And so if you have no idea how to manipulate this warp energy, what on earth makes you think you can shape it into what you want? Because it's not like they're picking out, oh, this warp energy is specifically towards Wraithbone. No, all warp energy is energy. And it's just now yeah. that you're going on the path of shaping, hmm. now you're learning how to make it Wraithbone as opposed to what a seer or a warlock would do. Hmm. So I truly think... Just like how in the path of command, like you need to go on multiple paths before you can do it. Like I think on the path of shaping, you have to have at least an elementary knowledge of the path of the seer in order to go on the path of shaping. And I think even the path of the artisan, like maybe they would ask you like, hey, please explore this aspect of yourself before you wish to come work on our Wraithbone. It's too valuable a resource for us to just let anybody do like you need to explore these different aspects of who you are before you're allowed to join us yeah i, I see what you're saying i think like it could be both ways I, I could just picture it as like a a low level uh like path of shaping person like someone just is, sweeping up the, you know, the debris it, who's just <laughs> no, like, sorry, that's path just, of service <laughs> they're basically like 3d printing out like some structural pieces some really basic kind of well, stuff i actually found some uh imperial found footage of the past path of uh shaping here so i'll just play you that real quick Get the fuck out. this is actually how they uh, shape See, can't you see how that would require the path of the seer? <laughs> the psychic energy being controlled right now. Absolutely. It's phenomenal. I can... This room is electrically charged. I can feel it. Just see Mark, that. stop before we all explode. <laughs> I almost thought you were going to put cantina music on. <laughs> no. Or the Rick Roll. <laughs> There's so many different options. <laughs> but that was official, though. Uh, oh, of course. Of imperial course. sound footage, of, of course. That. Yeah. So let's talk about the path of the seer. Okay. I guess we're done on path of shaping. I ended we it. We can come back to it if we <laughs> need <fine>. to. <laughs> nope, I don't, I'm done. I'm done. Uh, path of the seer. So <clears throat> this is an interesting path specifically because you might find your way to it, but you also might be kind of pushed into it. Yeah, if you're a powerful psyker and you can't control yourself, you're going to get kind of 
pushed it, by others in society. But it's also that. a weird thing because you also might force yourself to do it because you're like, man, I need to control this or else I am at danger. Oh, yeah. It seems to be kind of like a two-faceted option sure. there. Yeah. Uh, so these are the most powerful and potent of all Eldar psychers. Uh, remember that every Eldar is a psyker, um, but these ones just need a way to channel and focus and learn about their ability yeah. in order to protect themselves and the other Eldar that yeah. they're with. Um, so um, it, to go on this path, you actually even have to master a couple other paths, probably just develop yourself a little more. Um, and that you have completely mastered your thoughts. Like you're Cause in it's control. just so dangerous to yeah. deal with the warp. Yeah. So we, we like, even this one has a restriction upon it. I think I'm right about path of shaping. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so in this path, um, there's actually three different major paths to it. Um, there's spirit seers, warlocks and far seers. So, um, I know we say this, we haven't said this in a while, but we do plan on doing like a path of the seer episode where we really dive into like what spirit seers are and all this stuff. Uh, same with when we get to the path of warrior, cause they have all their different aspect yeah, we'll warriors, but all of those. like these two are by far, far the biggest paths you can go on, um, in lore wise. Like they have the most information. Yeah, this is on what you them. see on tabletop. You don't you, see path of the artisan on the table. Exactly. So there's a whole bunch of information. So spirit seers, we're just going to give you a quick little thing about what they are and maybe a couple thoughts, but, uh, they're seers that are responsible for guiding and construct. Uh, guiding the constructs brought to life by the spirit stones. So any type of wraith knight, wraith lord, wraith guard, guard uh, any of their like uh, wraith bone that they put in a spirit stone to like control. Um, yeah, these guys they are they're the ones that actually retrieve the soul. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The so they would go yeah. they go into the infinity circuit with their soul. They find like a previous hero or whatever. They yeah. they draw him out or her out. They draw it out. Um. <laughs> <laughs> it's a soul it has no gender they draw it out into a, a stone they put that stone inside the wraith bone and now this wraith bone structure construct is alive yeah. through the power of this soul yeah but it still does need like some guidance and stuff so it, yeah it's very it's a very interesting thing what happens to a soul when it goes in the infinity circuit yeah like it kind of combines with other things and it loses itself but gains more of itself yeah. and like it's very magical but that's kind of the base concept of a, a spirit seer so they, they have to have the ability to project their soul into the infinity circuit keep who they are separate from the thousands millions of eldar souls that are in there and pick things out so that requires yeah. an intense amount of psychic ability yeah uh next we have warlocks uh so these are eldar um, that had previously undergone the path of the warrior and now are going through the path of the seer. Um, so they already have, they've experienced some aspect of Kayla Menchikane. So they the war mask. They're familiar with that. Yeah. And now they're using their psychic abilities to help the Eldar war effort. Yeah. So these are the, like the main ones that you see shooting lightning bolts. Yeah. Battle psychers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So they have the ability to do kind of hold both paths yeah. in their hand while focusing on their psychic ability. Uh, we mentioned how uh, spirit seer or not spirit seers, bone singers make runes for these guys. Yes. And uh, if you look at their models, you can see that they have like the, all these different runes and it allows them to actually do different uh, 
yes, psychic abilities. The, like in their their combined different runes to make uh you know different effects and like it protects himself from the warp. So as we know with like space marines, they use like the psychic hood to kind of protect them. This is kind of how they protect themselves from uh Yeah. It it gives a focus because if exactly. you just open yourself up without focus, like you're gonna be destroyed. Yeah, the warp will consume you. So this is kind of how they maintain control by using these different runes. Oh if you if you ever have a chance to read Path of the Seer it's really cool how they describe seeing these runes in action. Like they're swirling around like these seers with energies. And then the seer like wants to bring a specific psychic ability to bear. So then this, the, the runes he want kind of just like, like all place in front of him and they like grow and, yeah. and, the, the and then there's manifests. like a bone singer behind him. Like, no, very cinematic, but it is very cool to, to watch it, to listen to it, be described. Yeah. Yeah, but these are warlocks, and they are a military aspect of the seer. Yeah. And finally, farseers. Uh, yeah, farseers are uh, Eldar who are lost upon the path of the seer. So they're responsible for looking deep into the future, where they're trying to help determine the best course of action for a craft world. So they're really cool. Yeah. Um and yeah. then they can uh, turn into crystal if they if they stay because they're in, kind of in this meditative trance. To go state. to look into the skein requires intense focus. You see, even an aspect of the dreamer in this, in, in that you have to go so deep into like the the warp and the skein of fate that you kind of lose yourself and your physical being. And so then they can kind of crystallize, like they turn into crystal. Yeah. And then uh, they'll take them and stick them in like a garden. And <laughs> well, it's like the garden. The infinity circuit. Yeah, the garden of like where the infinity circuit is and where you can go like like walk through this place that has like these spirits and everyone there. Like yeah. these farseers will go meditate in there and like trying to see what the future holds for the Eldar craft world. Yeah. Um, and the Farseers usually, well, not usually, but they can lead craft worlds, but they're also like advisors to the yeah. people who do lead the craft Even worlds. if they like, aren't the leader, like there's yeah. still a group of Farseers that are constantly all looking at different aspects of the yeah, future. and trying to divine which direction we should go in. Absolutely. Yeah. It was really interesting to read the Path of the Seer and you could see that, um, so there was a Warlock and a Farseer in battle at the same time. The, the Farseer was teaching the Warlock. And the Farseer's, like, main purpose in battle, like, there were no lightning bolts thrown out by this person. And all they were trying to do was divine the fate of the Eldar battle. And it was just, it was cool to watch it, like, even though he's a ridiculously powerful psyker, he served no other purpose than trying to get a favorable outcome and have the least amount of Eldar deaths possible. Yeah. Which was, it was interesting to see is that's how he felt he was best employed upon the battlefield whereas like a space marine psyker they're just gonna be like lightning bolt forever yeah right like usually yeah, yeah. just very destructive as opposed yeah. to the eldar who have a very protectionist view kind of yeah um so yeah we'll, we'll eventually touch back on the path of the seer yeah um, but, but that's, that gives you a good understanding of what they are yes um so let's touch on the path of the warrior yes excellent these Eldar feel rage, anger, and destructions. These are gifts from uh, Cain himself and is said to guide each warrior while on this path. 
they are uh, responsible for cutting down the foes of the craft world and defending it from any any threats. They're the warriors. Um, so the warriors are actually made up of different aspects, and each aspect is a different part of the God of War Kane. So some, like the Dire Avengers, they they have a very like noble style of fighting. They use like tactics and like it represents like Kane's like noble warrior type. Like it's that typical fighter. Uh, then you have others like the fire dragons who use basically melt the guns, get up close and melt things, and it's like a hot, fiery passion for war. So that represents like Kane's desire for hot, fiery passion. You know, they have different <laughs> hot, fiery passion. They have different aspects, and each aspect represents a different part of Kane. So um, to be on the path of the warrior, you will choose one of these aspects and then follow it. Um, you could stay on the path of warrior and eventually learn each aspect. But I, I don't think that would be very common. Like to master each one of these areas of wars. That would, that would I think that would put a really big strain on your soul. Could really like all that violence, all that killing. Yeah, yeah. There's even a uh, time like the path of the warrior and the path of the seer definitely have the biggest impact upon an Eldar soul. And you yeah. even see it in the book when there was this that one um, female Eldar was on the path of the artisan, but in her dreams she was being bombarded by scenes of when she was on the path of the warrior, which is not supposed to happen hmm. because that the, the massive cane is supposed to protect you from the atrocities that you, don't you committed. You remember things as yes. well. Hmm. You don't feel that you just murdered all these people. Yeah, yeah. but because, like, because of the craziness that the path of the warrior is, she was starting to feel these things again, which terrified her because you're, an Eldar isn't supposed... Like, they can't process this without going crazy. Yeah. So it was like driving her insane to do this. And yeah. so that's why the path of the warrior is very dangerous. Yeah, exactly. To stay on it for like yeah. a long time. And, uh, there are of course elder that get lost on this path and they're called, uh, exarchs. And, uh, yeah, like they, they are just crazy. Not so, really crazy, but you know, well, like, yeah, they're like they're, they are the perfect warrior yeah. embodiment of that aspect, yeah. but they also have their own individual schools. Yeah. So, there are different aspects. Mark listed one Dire Avengers, uh, Striking Scorpions, Howling Banshees. There, there's many different kinds. See if you can name them all. Let's I can't. That, that's, oh. that's as good as it? I got. There's Hidden. There's the Reapers. Okay. Getting closer. Uh, swooping Hawks. Yeah. So how many have I done? Swooping Hawks, Reapers, Dire Avengers, Scorpions, Striking Scorpions, Howling Banshees. How many more? Hidden Death. Um, Four, I Avenger think. No, Avengers we already did. I don't know. Okay. What, what are the other ones? Um... There's the pilots. Um, what are the pilots called? I forget. I forget what they're called. Fuck. <laughs> uh, Sky Skyweavers. Oh, maybe? okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. And then they have their jet bike guys, shining spears. Okay. They have uh, shadow specters. Um, what are the, what are the ones that look like death? Hidden death. No, that's, that's a school. Oh, okay. that's a school. That's not an aspect. Those are dark reapers. Dark reapers. Right. Yeah. Okay. So. There is a big difference even within the path of the warrior. Just like yeah. how there's the school of sculpting and school of poet, like the path of the sculptor and path of the poet. Yeah. There's the path of the dire avenger and the path of the dark reaper. Yeah. So the path, like, and the attitude and characters and personalities of those even on these subpaths are very different. Yeah, like, because each like one a, is a different aspect of Kane. Yeah, and so, so the a dark reaper of, is very, like, dark and brooding like his whole and, purpose is like violence destruction and death and people even other warriors yeah can feel uncomfortable around 
a dark reaper. Yeah. And so imagine what that is to someone who's on the path of service to be around a dark reaper. Like they are absolutely terrified of them. Yeah. So a, a lot of it is because anyone who's not on the path of the warrior doesn't comprehend what it is to be on the path of the warrior. Yeah. And the path of the warrior is interesting because it's most closely related with a member of the Eldar pantheon. Because yeah. it's said that Kayla, or so that Kane actually has an active involvement yeah. of the uh, path of the warrior. Yeah. So Well, and like even uh, when uh, like they summon the avatar of Kane into battle. It sends everyone into a bloodlust. Yeah. And, and they take somebody from uh, the war path of the warrior and sacrifice him and he then becomes the avatar. Yes. Yeah. Like, it, it's crazy um, when they describe the avatar being summoned in the book. Yeah. Like it's, it's a wild thing. Like it takes days and the whole craft world resonates with the heartbeat of Kane. They know that it, the yeah Avatar is coming and uh. preparing for it, and yeah, it just it, only it affects everyone on the ship, and yeah. that's kind of where you draw the connect. Like everyone is connected, and yeah, but it it's it's a massive foreboding. And hmm. do you think that every Eldar eventually walks the path of the warrior? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't know. That, so I definitely well, think that, it's a very big aspect of Eldar, because there always is a need for defenders. Yeah. Of of the Eldar race, and and Kane is such a very, Im, it's a he's a very real role. Like, do you think that if you like lived long enough as an Eldar and you haven't like taken on the, oh, the <laughs> someone's path, like yeah, come everybody's on. like hey we we did our like tour of duty like yeah but look at gary over there <laughs> gary you why know? are we always hating on gary because well, gary's never done it he's just he's fine he's like i'm service now yeah. oh now i'm a healer i'm going back oh. to the sh- the artisan <laughs> yeah now i'm a sculptor now i'm a painter yeah everybody else is like torn and like ptsd yeah. Well, it, it's interesting that you say that because, like, um, on the tabletop they have units called Guardians, and uh, even though they're fighting on tabletop, you would think they're the path of the warrior, but they're actually just any Eldar citizen that if the craft world goes under attack, they call upon the citizens to defend the craft world. And a conscript, uh, yeah, a militia, yeah, conscript, sure. Um, sure. But they, but they have no like path of the warrior yeah. training. It's not so, necessary. So. Having said, like, you're like, would every Eldar um, go upon the path? Maybe not every Eldar would go on the path of the warrior, but every Eldar is responsible for defending the craft world. Right, and that it, makes so, sense. Yeah, yeah, you may not choose it as, like, your path, but, yeah. Yeah, but you push comes still, to shove, you're willing to take up arms and defend the craft world. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and that would be the, the worst thing ever, I think. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, to be forced to don a war mask and, and you're commit just violence, a... even though you're just a, an artisan or on the path of the healer, yeah. like, that would devastate you. Yeah. Like, and that's why the war mask is 100% necessary. And I don't know if we've ever said what the war mask is. Not fully. We've okay. thrown it around. So but... the war mask is a gift of Cain that he gives to every single one, anyone on the path of the warrior which is it, they they say it, it they describe it as a red haze that comes over them where they fully assume the identity of the aspect they're in they fully become the dire avenger they yeah. fully become the striking scorpion and their entire focus is around this and it 
it really just heightens everything that they are while diminishing all their other aspects of themselves. Yeah. So it's really just a sense of morals. And absolutely. Compassion. And, yeah. Right. And, but the interesting <laughs> thing about this war mask is it's very ritualistic to put it on. Um, I mean, it's not an actual <clears throat> physical thing. No, it's, it's a, a psychic. mental state. Yeah, it's, it's like a, a psychic block. That is worth noting really. for sure. Because yeah. yeah, if people are picturing <laughs> putting on some sort of actual mask, like an Elder not... Quinn mask or something, it's not. No, not yeah. that's why their helmets are so big. Right? <laughs> uh, but yeah, this this mask is you are slowly psychically donning it as you prepare yourself for battle. You're you're saying rituals and chants. You're inviting Cain to come protect you and. And yep. by the end of it, by the time you're fully armored and stuff, like you are supposed to be in your war mask, yeah, and then you are ready to kill, yeah, which is For crazy. Fun and, and then you take it off at the end, right? And you're kind of a normal person. You are, and you don't fully have an understanding of the horrors that you've seen and that you you've set committed aside those even. memories yes. and some of those things. You yeah. give, I think it's described as you give those to Cain, and Cain is actually, hmm. you know takes those away from you as a gift because if you were to keep them you would go crazy ah so any it's also like it's described as anytime you're feeling anger and violence like that's supposed to be Cain giving those to you in order for you to join him (laughs) It's it's an interesting yeah it's an interesting give and take and that's also just as part of their mythology right that they believe that this comes from Cain yeah um, yeah, so that's kind of the path of the warrior. Man, like, we could go on about the path of the warrior for a long time. Yeah, like, so originally when I was thinking about this episode, like, I'm like, oh, yeah, we fit the path of the warrior in here, like, all the different aspects and stuff, but... There's no way. There's no way. <laughs> no. Um, the different aspects and then the different schools within the aspects. Yeah, yeah like, there's so much Tactics, there. armor. But, uh, the, I think uh, the next time we hit up an Eldar episode that isn't Dark Eldar would probably be either the aspect of the warrior or the path of the warrior or the path of the seer. Yeah. One of the two. Or we do a named character. There's lots oh, of yeah. different options yeah, that we maybe have Maybe the available. named character. Yeah. But we're going to get to it sooner than later because, yeah, like the aspect warriors are so cool. Oh. And like all their like uh, high exarchs or whatever they call them. Like Phoenix Lords. Phoenix Lords, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so badass. Like there's a lot of cool stuff there. But... um. That's kind of all we have. The, the yeah, that kind of describes the paths and what their purpose is. Yeah. And the the interesting thing that I, I was thinking about when we were reading all this just today was, uh, so we know Slanish is the god of excess, yet to go on the Eldar path, you basically fall to that excess of one path. You don't go anywhere else. You You fully commit yourself to one thing. And what's more slanishy than that? I know. It's, it's, very it's really odd. counterintuitive. Right? The fact that you can be lost upon the path and, and still save your soul. So, well, and maybe that's why Slanish doesn't eat the... So we know that the Slanish eats the Dark Eldar soul, but the Eldar soul he doesn't consistently eat because they're so focused in the excess of one thing, they're already providing Slanish food. I, I wonder if it's more... That's than- a very real... Very real possibility. That Eldar are just, they're like all in for everything. Yeah. Like left to themselves. They would just be all in in every direction. Yeah. And so the path just makes it so they're all in in a set direction. Yeah. Like it's not that they're more all in. But that does not mean it's it's not gift to Slanesh. Because the pursuit of perfection in anything, any one thing, provides Slanesh with power. That's like the principal Slanesh. Exactly. 
So the, the, the ability to be the best painter or the best sculptor is very slanesh driven. Yeah, it's, it's a very weird thing. But it is... Like, are all Eldar really driven to be the best in their no, area? It's They're about just, mastering that that aspect of themselves, which doesn't necessarily it's the mean satisfaction the best. that they get from doing something yeah. that is valuable in whatever the value and is defined. Yet, as, another right? aspect of Slanesh is feeling pleasure in what you're doing. <laughs> sure, but in, ah! in that sense, Slanesh is in too many things because like, oh sure, you know what well, I'm sure. saying? Like, That's if, the whole purpose of the Chaos Gods. Anytime you commit a violent act or right. thought, or that you, gives power to corn. You see yeah. a, a butterfly and you appreciate it and that Slanesh. feeds Slanesh. Yeah. Like it's, Absolutely. So, yeah. But the whole thing is that they want to give as little as possible to Slanesh because that is their mortal enemy. Right. But it's crazy to me. Like, it is very, it doesn't make sense. Well, I think, and that's how I rationalize it, that that's why the Dark Eldar are constantly being fed upon where the Eldar are not because the Eldar are providing already so much excess and uh, they're already so focused, which is a Slanish thing. singular pursuit. That Slanish doesn't have to constantly be eating their soul and only when the Eldar die will Slanish eat their soul. Uh, here's but. here's I kind of agree with it. I agree with it in a different way, though. So sure. in the Path of Damnation, they say that the pain and agony of these tortured beings provides a psychoactive barrier yeah. around the Eldar, the Dark Eldar. Yeah. And I think that's what this does. Yeah. So you are. Yeah, it I, might might I, do that. As I well. do agree yeah. with you in the fact that what they're doing. Um, is enough to feed Slanesh, but I don't know if that's the case because I don't think Slanesh will ever feel like it's enough. Hmm. I more just think that the focus and discipline that they're giving to themselves provides a psychic barrier yeah. to themselves, and Slanesh is just unable to. That's a way less grim dark way to look at things. It's the Eldar, <laughs> you know? Like, I like the grim dark, I'm all for it. The, the only thing to me with the Eldar is it just seems like because they're willing to call whatever you're doing a path. Yeah, like I disagree with that. Even, but even <laughs> if people aren't following a path, they just label them as the, the path, path of damnation, right? <laughs> or the path, what's the other one where they outcast. wander away? Yeah, the path of the outcast. So, like, for them just to say, like, oh, no, because your path of the outcast, <clears throat> I hate this path system. I think it's dumb, and so I'm not going to live according to it. Okay, you're just on the path of the outcast. Like, anything you do, they're just going to say you're on a path. Yeah. But are you really... How can you be on a path without trying to be on a path? Because it requires some focus. Like all these other yeah, ones. Yeah. I see what you're saying. There's something you have to be doing to be on that path. It's like a commitment that you're making to limit yourself. So if, mm. you, if you're saying that you're just not doing those, they can put a label on you and say like, oh. So then it's like, huh. are they really just deluding themselves? Like is this path system actually working for them? Or is it just like a mental state where they think it's working? Mm. Like does it change anything to Slanesh whether they're doing this or not? Yeah. Like, are they seeing a I guess. Because, yeah, like... Because you can't just yeah. be an outcast and, like, yeah, unless those people valid. are, like, being fed on or something, like, terrible is happening to them, to say that they're just, like, you're just walking a different path. And Dark Elder, you're walking a path. Like, everybody walks a path. <laughs> are, like, are they fooling their society, like, it, yeah, into believing like, that this actually makes a difference? Because whether you're trying to walk a path or you're not trying to walk a path, what's the difference? Yeah. What difference is and, it making? And the yeah. reality is, <laughs> in the end of it, like... It's not the path that saves you from Slanesh. It's your spirit stone. Yeah. That's what truly, in the end, saves your soul from Slanesh, is the fact that your soul is trapped in the stone as opposed to goes to the war. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's an interesting thought of, does the path even do anything? Hmm. 
Because like, uh, there are certain paths that are, are certainly like higher ranking than other paths too. Right? <laughs> yeah. like, like you're saying, the path of the seer. Like, sure, yeah, we need specific people who have specific giftings and abilities to do that. And the path of the warrior, like that makes sense we too. We need defenders. You, and you see yeah. a benefit from it, right? Yep. Like the uh, battle mask and all of that stuff. So these other ones, though, it's like, oh, yeah, no, just go ahead and be an artist. <laughs> be an artist. It's, go it's serve. Saving, it's That's something a robot you. would do. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. It's saving you from Slanesh. Oh, it's, yeah. it's really making a difference. <laughs> do, you, do you think maybe, like, I know when they say the path, they say it, it came out of their desire to save themselves of Slanesh. But maybe instead of that, they're just trying to make sure it doesn't happen again. Uh, well, maybe that's the other sure. case. Yeah. Because the structure definitely does help them if their goal is to not make another god yeah and maybe that's what it ultimately is instead yeah instead of offering like hmm. being a protection against slanesh in the present it's yes. looking towards the future exactly and trying to actively not create another god while still creating another god no but he that god's good he's just the god of, of uh, death. death it's god fine. of death <laughs> and, and the other thing that we haven't really touched on is the exodites who don't follow a path but yeah. still yeah. have spirit stones right and so hmm. like what is the benefit of the path that the exodites yeah. like where can you look at the eldar and say like oh we have a better way than the exodite way yeah because you're not seeing the, i don't see the negative impact on the exodite because there yeah. isn't they all but they already have so a their discipline culture already had enough of that when they left and exactly established yes. that in them. they don't need a specific path because they already feel they found another they are Cause, solution because the same exactly. people who came up with the path are the same people that caused the birth of Sladash. yeah to begin right with. So, so it's yeah the path cultures. is just a social structure that's to keep them from falling into yeah i think that's a chaos, better way like yeah. excess sure yeah i think that's a better way to put it and sure by default them not falling to excess and creating another god also does weaken slanesh sure just because the eldar have the highest um impact upon the immaterium yeah and so if they can limit what they do give to the imperium then it will limit slanesh's power if they can choose not to give themselves to excess and perfection, while maybe not being the protection they claim it is, it definitely doesn't give as much power to Slanesh as it could. But it still, it still has to give Slanesh something. Yeah. So cool. Hmm. You done that? <laughs> Let's go for listener questions. Yeah. All right. So. Yeah. Um, Let's so we've got a couple questions here. Let's uh, start at the very top. Owen says, "Lots on the path of the outcast, please. Love me some Alay talk." Well, you can wait for our Alay talk episode, Owen. Uh, for you, Eric, what is yeah. Alay talk? It's a craft world. Ah, oh, good man, you're fucking on it. <laughs> oh, thank God. It <laughs> <laughs> was the only thing I looked up before this. <laughs> uh, Mark, who's Uthway? Also a craft world. I hope. Is that what we're doing? Uthway? Uthway? Yeah. U-T-H-E-W. Yeah. yeah, yeah uh, Woody asks... Their color scheme is black. Maybe. Racist. <laughs> um, Woody asks, how do their ships fly? Do they actually shoot ninja stars? Uh, <laughs> so how their ships fly? Solar sails. Yeah. Yeah. Like actual... Well, it, they harness like... Like that's how their craft worlds work. But I don't know if that's necessarily how their like fighter ships work. I guess that... Because that seems way so too slow. So I guess uh, in space, there's no such thing as aerodynamics. So their their spaceships are built completely differently. 
I'm not a space scientist. There's still space dust but that provides resistance. I don't want to get into sure, this. Yeah. How does gravity work? How- Nuclear bombs. <laughs> yeah. How does the sun work? Fuck. No Here we knows. go. Here we go. You can, but but yes, the, the, main, the main idea is... Propulsion. It, yeah. Yeah. Lift. Thrust. Mass. Speed. Energy. <laughs> Eldar. Magic. What more do you need to know, Woody? That's that's everything you need to get your answer. Um, oh, and the geez. other one is, do they actually shoot ninja stars? Oh, yeah. Shuriken catapults are shuriken shurikens. They, yeah. they shoot shurikens. <laughs> it's really weird. Uh, yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Are they... Um, but they are... Like, their edge, though, isn't it like a monomolecular thing like aren't they ridiculously sharp and they just like shred through things oh yeah sure sure everything's monomolecular molecular you know, <laughs> yeah like, of course of course you know it has to be but yes they actually shoot shurikens ninja stars <laughs> uh elliot asks can an eldar go from being on the path of the farseer so specifically the farseer mm-hmm. to one of the warrior paths or once you are on that path you are there for life I think if you're on the path of the Farseer, you see the benefit that comes from you being on that path, and it's more beneficial to the Eldar for you to stay on that path. So you think than it's to go to another path? You, I think that you'd see it. You'd, you'd understand. You think it's a conscious decision because a Farseer is it, one who is lost upon the path. It seems like your final path. Yeah, it but seems like once you get there, there's got there's got to be a different way because if you're lost upon the path you might never have made the choice to become lost upon the path. It might have been something that happened to you and now you are unable to leave that path. Because if you if it's a choice, it means you can unmake that choice. Well, I think that it's it's a, it's a choice, but you because you see the possibilities that others can't and you see the benefit that you're having, it's kind of like, well, what choice do I really have? Because I am the one who's seeing into the future with these other farseers. But like what you have to offer is so uh, great and valuable to your people. How could you choose to walk away from that? Because if you were to go into battle and you're like, you're saying shooting lightning bolts, like you see that that's just not as valuable that what you can do as a farseer is far greater than any other path that you have to walk. Because the path system is a sham, and you're finally <laughs> doing something that is actually meaningful and like valuable. And so how could you ever walk away from that? But you yeah. still, That's what it means to be lost on I, that path. I do not sure. agree with that sentiment, is that just because you see the value, it means you could leave. I, I truly believe that an aspect but of... But then you, you see what happens when you leave, and like, that's the worst thing. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, but what about so, being lost being lost on the path of the artisan? You can the, still being, be lost, but the path of the artisan offers no real benefit. But the difference is the path of the artisan doesn't foresee into the future. But, he doesn't... But you can still be lost. And if you oh, were yeah, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, so yeah. then if that person is like, man... There's no greater benefit for me to move paths because I'm, I'm offering such a good benefit. That's what you're saying. You're saying the Farseer sees so much good in what he's doing, he sees no cause to move. But the path of the artisan does not offer anything no, towards you, you the can progression of Eldar society. But that's what I'm saying. So is, there's still excess and there's still like, yeah, because being lost on a path is a big thing. So how so would you, possible, how could I just you think, choose to be lost on the path of the artisan? Give me your rationalization think, for that. No, I think Farseer is the only one where it's different. 
That's what I'm trying to say. I think oh. on a farseer, sure. Are there farseers who are just lost and are like, I can't find my way back if I wanted to? Sure. But I think there's this other component when you can see the future and you see the benefit that you have. That's yeah. not necessarily How could you true. Walk away the future that? is one of the most dangerous things to see. And they even say that in the book is that it like if you go down this path, you will get lost. Because the more time you sure. spend on it, the more time you're devoted to it, the more so maybe, time that it rules, it rules every aspect of your life. And that was right. one of the dangers you, you saw the in the book. And then stop seeing the future. But it's not about, I don't think it's about you seeing a benefit that it offers. If anything, you have, you're trapped because you have, you have to make sure the best thing happens. But that's not you saying like, I'm, I'm making a benefit to society. It's your own desire for, to, to have the best output, not because you're doing it as a sacrifice to anyone else, but because you have no other choice but to try and be the best outcome possible because you are too scared of the destruction and death that's going to come if you don't do something. And because to me, what it sounds like is you're saying is they're not actually trapped. Because if, if, if you have to make the decision every no, single it's, day... it is a trap. But I'm just saying it's... But you have to make the decision every single day of be like, I'm still going to be a farseer. Whereas the, my view of it is that no, like once you're in, like you're in and you have to go forward. I think it's a little bit of that Shutter Island kind of thing. It's like you may not. Don't bring one of the best movies hey, ever into this. You already mentioned it. That's why I went back I didn't to like it. that movie. I didn't like Get that out. movie because they drowned the children and it was Well, that's horrific, but. Well, I've never so. seen it. <laughs> now I'm kind of interested. Don't have children that, that are young and then watch it. You didn't watch it with your kids, did you? No, I didn't watch it with my kids, but oh. I had young kids and the wife like. Yeah, anyways. <laughs> don't ruin it for Mark. It's traumatizing. Uh, but did she actually, saying, though? <laughs> Wait. Anyways, what I'm saying is <laughs> you're, you're trapped either way, but you may not think that you're trapped. Mm. Whereas you, that's probably true on all, any path where you're trapped is you may not actually say, like, boy, I'd love to get out of here if only I could find the exit, but I can't. I guess I'm trapped here forever. As much as the trap is in your own mind where you're saying, like, I can never leave because I have to stay here because what I'm doing is so valuable. But even if you wanted to leave, maybe you, you believe, can't. Maybe you believe <laughs> that you are such a pure being that That's you, would, how it would, get you would have the ability <laughs> to leave. But for me, like, as someone who has a, an extremely addictive personality, like, it wouldn't matter what path to me. Like, there would be such a danger for me of a desire to completely envelop everything that I am by this path that I'm on. Sure. And so for me, like I fully understand that if I went too far, I would be incapable of turning back. I couldn't do it. <laughs> I believe that if maybe you're on, it's already happened. Derek. I believe that if you're maybe on the Warhammer is your path. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. It's Mark's path. What? No, I have other things I do that are more prevalent. What's than that Mark work? Unfortunately, <laughs> not by choice. Oh my gosh, he's trapped upon the path of work. I am. Um, so I don't believe that once you become a farseer, you can ever leave that path. Peter? No, I agree. The prerequisite is that you're lost on the path. Yes, in order to be a farseer. Um, but if you meant to say, Elliot, if you meant to say on the path of the seer then absolutely you could leave the path of the seer. Yeah, yeah. If you're just a spirit seer or a, a warlock, warlock okay. of course, you can you can say, like, I have mastered my psychic ability. I'm no longer a danger or a harm to anyone. I feel a desire to move to a different path. Yes, no want No longer want to hang out with these dead ghosts all the time. For real, yeah. yeah. Like, I'm done. I'm ready yeah. for something else. Um, 
And then another question he has is, what if they are on a different path, but they develop psychic powers? Will they abandon it to join the Farseer one? Absolutely. Well, everybody has psychic powers, right? Yeah. Of course, yes. Every single Eldar is psychic in some capacity. But yeah, so if that gift that you have already is becoming more and more and more, that is an indication you're being pulled of course, to sure. a different path. But it doesn't mean that you have to go do that path right now. Right. But it's like, going to start pulling. It will it definitely start, pull. Starts at, to for sure. Absolutely. In that direction. I, I disagree. You can be tugged in two directions at once, at once, and maybe the path of the artisan is still pulling you more. I disagree to the point of where your powers become dangerous. Well, that, you, that's the only thing. Yes, but yes, that's what I'm saying. Yes. That's the point is that if it develops to the point of where it's sure. dangerous, because I think anyone, any Eldar can develop their psychic powers to the point of where they're powerful. Yeah. But sure. to those that are, it's going to happen to, like in the book, the far seer contacts this girl while she's on the path of the artisan and says like it's time for you to join the path of the seer yeah. even though she was like what what are you talking about right yeah. and he's like i have foreseen that you will eventually lose control if we don't get you in yeah. here so yeah. she is pulled into yeah. the path well of the seer. yeah th there definitely is that line we don't know exactly yes. where it is of course we don't because we're not eldar but there is an example there is a line yeah you have and yeah, your your powers could be meaningless or nothing, and of yeah. course, like you can feel the tug of two different yeah. things. But it's just it's ultimately as long as you're not a danger, it's your choice. I'd say that would be the line. Yeah, but the only two ones that you see like you are forced upon that is the warrior and the seer. Because if you become dangerous in your rage and your anger and you are unable to control it, hmm. you will be forced to go down that path or else you'll kill yourself. Hmm. Or because, others, like or... a sensory overload happens where hmm. you're unable to control it and you will just die. Sure. So it's kind of a force and kind of a necessity. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Uh, Drew says, what do you guys think about the fact that the Phoenix Lords basically eat the collected souls of the nearest Exarch if the Phoenix Lord should be killed in battle? I can almost get behind the whole soul transfer thing from one Exarch to another since it's halfway voluntary, but the Phoenix Lord thing is basically a, yeah, I'll take your body. Get the fuck out. Yeah, it's 40k. <laughs> oh, it's Phoenix Lords, like, I don't know if you've read, oh man, like that part in Path of the, Path of like the Eldar is so cool. Like, I'm yeah. pretty sure I told you about it as soon as I read it, like how the Phoenix Lord's soul was like in his armor, there was no body. Yeah. It was just like a galaxy and darkness. And there were just like bright lights. And all those lights were mm. other um, Exarchs and Phoenix Lords that had come before this guy that were being absorbed. Mm. So it's like a Wraith Lord. Yeah. With made up of multiple souls that embodies everything that the striking scorpions huh. ever were. Yeah. And like takes over. Yeah. yeah effectively. No, I, I love it. Like, Which is very different from the Exarch. So an yeah. Exarch, um, their armor has the spirit stones of previous Exarchs in it, and you gain their knowledge, yeah. and they help you in battle, and they, they but show not you controlling what is, you. Of course, you draw upon them, yeah, right. When and when you become an Exarch, you agree to this, like, yes, I want to be a part of your circle, right? But but it changes you. It yeah. does, of course, because well, everything would like that would change you. But a Phoenix Lord. The, at least in this case that he's talking about, it consumed the Exarch. So the the Phoenix Lord was wounded. Um, the blackness was like leaking out of his armor because there's no body underneath it. And the blackness went into the Exarch hmm. at the time, consumed him, oh. and then that Exarch now became the Phoenix Lord and his identity was lost in the Phoenix Lord. Wild. So cool. Yeah. What? 
Did he have a question? What was his question? He's like, what do you guys think about it? Oh, okay, then it's cool. Yeah, <laughs> amazing. It's awesome. Yes. <clears throat> I have nothing but good things to say about that. Yeah. That is a very grimdark 40K theme. Yeah. And I love it. Yeah. Within the Eldar, though, it is a little uh, stranger. I, I bet most people don't you know? know about that. It, it's, yeah. It's a little... Because Phoenix Lords are myth. It's pretty different. And they're a legend. Yeah. Like, you might know about the Phoenix Lord, but you've never met the Phoenix Lord. Yeah. Because there's one of them. Yeah. Right? There's one Phoenix Lord striking scorpion yeah. in the galaxy. Yeah. is really cool. Very, very, in, in the book, very cool. In the book, I think there was two Phoenix Lords at that one battle, which is, mm. like, phenomenal. Yeah. It was just such an important battle that, like, Eldar across the galaxy were, like, drawn to it. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Huh. Um, here's another question. Jeez. <laughs> oh, what do you guys think about the constant harping in the codices and stuff that using wraith lords, wraith guards, lords, knights, flyers, ships is evil necromancy uh, when the entire culture is about communing with the spirits of the ancestors? If I were dead and someone's coming to wreck up my not a computer, my spirit is in, I think I'd be pretty okay with getting put into a giant organic mecha suit to go smash face. Also, I mean, come on, our demigods eat our military lieutenants for saving throws. We sacrifice the best of our commanders to summon our avatar of war. But, oh my god, you let Joe the barber rest in peace, you monster. Don't make <laughs> Joe defend his family from beyond the grave. <laughs> um, there actually is a line that spirit seers have to walk between guiding these souls and necromancy. Because they manipulate souls. Yeah. And they put them into these things. And they, they say that it is a very real temptation of spirit seers, spirit seers to overdo it and to delve into necromancy. So I think it's more of a um, respect thing. Like, I don't believe that the souls in the Infinity Circuit would ever, like, he would never pull a soul that didn't want to be pulled. Sure. Because every spirit within the Infinity Circuit senses the danger that the craft world is in and wants to help. Like, especially the previous heroes and generals, like, they desire, I mean... When, when a craft world is attacked, like the craft world itself will rearrange itself to mess up the def the attackers. Yeah. Like you, so, you already know that there's a desire for the craft world to defend itself, and so, like I don't think he's ever going to pull someone who did not have a desire to see the defense of the craft world. Yeah. Which is, I think, the difference between necromancy and spirit guiding. And necromancy is ownership and control. It's all about consent. It's all about consent. Yeah. You just need like a, a DNR. Jeez. Like, do not bring me back. Do not resuscitate. The, yeah. I don't know. That That's kind of how I feel sure. about it. It um, has to be a very like Well, yeah, if they're able, but like, yeah. It's to what extent can they actually communicate with the individuals within their... Depending on your personality, really depending on your personality, some have a very stronger presence in the infinity circuit than others. Hmm. Can you read the first little section again? Yeah. Just one. Um, what do you think? What do you think about the constant harping in the codices and stuff that using all those things is evil necromancy? Okay, okay. So, um, yeah. So, evil necromancy implies that you're giving something like a body. So, it's one thing to commune with spirits, right? But it's another thing to give it like physical form. Because like... <sighs> That to me is why it's evil. You're bringing something that is dead and you're giving it physical form. And you're controlling it. To some degree, yes. Yeah. Um, as opposed to just like if you're talking to your dead grandpa, like it, 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 that's the line of necromancy, right? Like when you start to give something an actual physical form. 
Yeah, I don't think so. any any of these guys are being forced. And that's the other thing. Like, yeah, I don't think they are either. But uh, yeah, I, I can see how some Eldar would be very opposed to it and not opposed to just communing. Because, yeah, yeah. You're, you're taking something dead, something that has reached the end of its life, that reached the end of its path, and now right. you're bringing it back onto into reality like it, it's very different than just communing with a spirit so yeah you could see like yeah. the more conservative eldar yeah. being against that and yeah. other eldar like pushing for no we yeah. need to but, do this more often and this yeah. is important but ultimately like if i was an eldar i would be okay with it like like you guys said like why would the spirit not be okay with helping his family defend the craft well, isn't there world? some risk involved though yeah. well the, the risk is if the soul stone gets destroyed, right. that spirit is They're now gone. gone. So. Yeah, it goes to the warp and Slanesh eats it. Yeah. Right. So there is that risk, but would you take that risk uh, to save the thousands of souls in the infinity circuit? Yeah. Like, would you risk yourself for the benefit of everyone else? And sure. that's a personal thing. Like, some people don't, like, some people don't think the end justifies the means. Of course. So yeah. it's all personal. Yeah, and each but. each soul is also different. Some like held on to their anger and their rage when they go into the infinity circuit, and those want nothing more than, than to continue destroying like the enemies yeah. of the Eldar. Yeah. So yeah. I don't think it's evil necromancy what they're doing, but there's definitely other people would see it. I say can that. easily see why people think that. Yeah. Sure. Some Eldar would consider. Oh, that. absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Vincent asks, what do they smell like? He's talking about Wraith Guard or souls. I don't know. But what, it's, what does a soul smell, smell like? like? And no, surprisingly, cheese is not the right answer, except on tabletop. So I think he means Wraith Guard and Wraith Lords, like, because they're cheese to bring. Right? <laughs> it's a joke. I'm assuming they smell <laughs> like fresh linen. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> We'll leave you with that. <laughs> Fresh linen. Vincent, what do you think they smell like? That's the real question. Cheese, clearly. He thinks they smell <laughs> no, like cheese. No, he says they don't smell like oh, cheese. Oh, they don't smell like cheese. Yes, yeah. okay. I think it'd be a high-tech, uh, hot, oily kind of uh, sci-fi kind of smell, mm, for sure. Huh. Yes, I can smell it now. Yeah. That's... <laughs> uh, Matt asks, what aspect warrior would you want to be and why? Mine would be Howling Banshees, because dem titties dough. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. Um, for me, it's between the Reapers and the Striking Scorpions. Uh, probably only because in the path of the Eldar, they go through the Striking Scorpions. Yeah. And it's just, that's the one I know all about. And that's the one I have like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. I'm sure if I read other books from other aspects, yeah, I would be able to make a more unbiased decision. <laughs> but the Striking Scorpions is just so cool. Hmm. So that's what I would do. Uh, I personally would be like, if I didn't have a choice, it would be dire Avengers. Like that fits it's me. It's just the most common. It, it, it just fits me too. like the noble uh, aspect, noble. Like I, I don't just want to inflict violence for the sake of violence. or you know, like there's that noble aspect that fits me a little more than, you know, the dark reapers, which is fucking destruction and death. Yeah. And... You know, but, uh, if I could pick, then it would probably be, um, the, the, the fire dragon guys. Oh, okay. Yeah. Holding the melters and the melt and the flamers. Yeah. Just who doesn't like fire ultimately? Pure man. <laughs> like that's, that's a good one. Yeah. Peter. Uh, well I get to choose my own path. And so well, you I, choose your own aspect. I'm a farseer and I'm crystallizing. <laughs> that's not the it, garden. The question was, no, but I got path. to choose. 
I he got gets to, to choose. choose. Yeah, no. my, I'm an Eldar. Oh, by the no way, Peter, you have no psychic ability. Oh, that sucks. Well, then I'm a bone singer because my grades weren't good enough to, to be a bar singer. Yeah, so now you're singing the la 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 la. Wow, you're lame. Hey, I get to choose. I'm Eldar. Jordan, do you have an aspect you would be? No. Of uh, of the path of the warrior. Of the path do you, of the warrior. We didn't even talk about aspects, yeah. so <laughs> don't worry about it. Uh, and then Matt also says, on a side note, are the Banshees the only aspect that are gender specific? Or are there female striking scorpions, warp spiders, blah, blah, yada, yada. So that's actually a very high misconception. There actually are male howling Banshees. But they are super rare. But they have happened. So, yeah, yes. Like on all the models, you'll see female yeah, ones. But if you were to model your own Howling Banshee as a male, it, sure. it actually exists in the lore that there are male. It's not yeah. all females. Yeah, it's not like a Sisters of Battle type thing. No, where no, only no. Girls. Or Sisters of Silence or yeah. something like that. Or Space Marines. But um, it's just the vast, like 99% of them are female. Um, yeah. and, and then within any other aspect, it's going to be a 50, 50 mix yeah. or it's going to be whatever. Yeah. Let's like, say it's 50, 50. Yeah. It's whatever they choose to be. Cause there's yeah. no preconception about the other ones. Yeah. Um, Mike asks is the only way to defeat chaos. If that's even possible for the Imperium and Eldar to join forces and considering recent events, do you think this will ever happen on a larger scale? No, you can't defeat chaos. Nope. We, we've covered this many, many times. Like chaos oh, as long oh, as Mike. Oh, clearly my. he's a new listener. Yes. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. No, you can't defeat chaos. Like no. you do any type of emotion, you're contributing to chaos. Like chaos is chaos and the warp are two diff. They're two different things, but very similar. Like you can't beat the warp. The warp isn't necessarily you would, evil. The only way to defeat chaos is to destroy all life and yeah. never have life resurface in the galaxy. Yeah. It's the only way. And eventually sure. they'll die out. Sure. And the best plan for the Eldar, yes. as already established, <laughs> We've established is to it. leave and take your craft worlds and get away from everybody else <laughs> and do a population boom and then come yeah. back and own. Mm-hmm. Peter 2020. We've, oh we've, we've had that. The Eldar great again. Yeah, we've had that. <laughs> Guys, just take my calls. Return my calls. <laughs> uh, and the second portion of his question was, do you think it's even possible for the Eldar and Imperium to make a coalition on a large scale? No. No. Mm-hmm. Obviously, no. there's the, how would that benefit Games Workshop? It wouldn't. Yeah. But ultimately, like, we're too different. Like, even right. just in this conversation, we're like, how would that even work? Like, yeah. we're just too different to, to fully integrate ourselves. Like, yeah. Their values it, it are would, too it different. It would go against exactly. everything that, like, humanity stands for in their divine right to rule the galaxy. Yeah. And the Eldar do believe that they are above everyone yeah, else. Like, so it's just too opposite. Yeah. Um, Woody asks again, oh, do they have a special faction like the Death Watch? Uh, depends on if you put the Harlequins up there as a special faction. Sure, that could be a special faction. Yeah. But well, uh, our Harle- yeah, like, do the Harlequins see themselves that way? Yeah. Like, how Eldar do the Har- Harlequins really see themselves as being? Maybe, know, like- uh, maybe uh, Eldar Rangers, because while they're not actually on the path of the warrior, they do take a very warrior, a very warrior role. So, like, they have a combination, and, like, the Death Watch are known for their versatility, where the, the Eldar Rangers, 
they can feel all the emotions. They can, they don't need uh, a commander, path of the commander to lead them. They can do it themselves. So maybe, but like it's a weird comparison, you know. Yeah. It's not really a direct. I don't think there is. I no. But if I was to say something had to be, I'd say like the the Rangers because yeah, right. they they feel the whole spectrum of emotions. Like each one will be drastically different. Where if you talk to anyone from the path of the warrior, they're all going to be pretty similar. Yeah, depending on their aspect. Yeah. Um, that raises a question of my own, though. Yeah. What path is the Harlequin on? Outcast. Yeah, because there's not really they don't at least the Harlequins don't see themselves as having right. a path because yeah. they're just right. with Segarak and whatever he says is their yeah. path. They they've found another their own way, like the Exodites, to have their own culture. Yeah. To protect themselves. I, I wonder so, if the Eldar say that they're on like the path of the Outcast. Uh, oh, yeah. Why they're, would it not they're be? They're like. Exodites, though, like unless, yeah, no, I agree with you. Like, do do Eldar consider Exodites to be on the path of the outcast? Yes. So then, anybody who's not following the path system basically is either on the path of the outcast or the path of damnation. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. But But but, that's how they're lumping them. Yeah. Doesn't mean that they're because the path system is a sham. Yeah. (laughs) The the path the Harlequins aren't like yeah we're on the path of the outcast. That's definitely not the case. Yeah. Interesting. They're like we don't need your path system. Uh, it's garbage. The very last question asked by Travis is, I've always wondered about the striking scorpions and how they are related to the Dark Elder Incubus. I've only seen hints of it in Codex, but it is never fully explained. So what do you think about that? Oh, man, I wasn't listening. To be <laughs> the, relations, the, the relationship between <laughs> striking scorpions yeah. and the Incubus. Do you think there is any relationship? Um, I don't think... I'd have to really search, but for the Incubus, they are uh, like dedicated warriors for the Dark Eldar, where anyone can be a warrior, but they're like known to be like they're on the path of the warrior within the Dark Eldar. So I don't know if they'd be any more in common with them as opposed to any other path of the warrior. Like, are they more in common with the the Striking Scorpions or the Howling Banshees? Like, I I honestly don't have an answer, and I couldn't really find why they would be. A similarity so between what, them. What like is to, an, what is an incubus like? Do they use specific war gear? Um, they use usually like uh, two-handed weapons, I believe. Like um, two-handed, uh, like these like swords, almost like. So an incubus is an elite. Yeah, and like they 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 are trained professional soldiers. Like that is what they do. Where like uh, uh, a cabalite warrior, like he just goes on raids when he needs to. It's not that's not his profession. So that's okay. the comparison is like the the incubus are basically on the path of the warrior and then they're both green the the incubus and the striking scorpions. Oh my gosh, these guys are dark. They're pretty crazy. They have to, in order to become a full incubus, they have to kill an exarch. Oof. Or no, sorry, not an exarch, an aspect warrior in single combat and then shatter their soul stone and rebuild it into a psychic torture device. Crazy. <laughs> terrible terrible um, but, but they like you could say that I, the incubus is like an aspect within themselves like of the path of the warrior they are their own aspect sure like they have sure. their own shrines sure um they do their own special training they yeah. still like offer worship like sacrifices they, they to have Kane. their own armor and war gear and stuff yeah but, i wouldn't yeah, say like, they're related specifically to striking scorpions n- no and uh, tell us why you think that, if you do think yeah. that, because I'm not sure, to be honest. I and I've, I've never read an Eldar Codex, hmm. so maybe I should. Yeah, to me, the big comparison is just they're both very m- militant. Yeah. 
Um, Anything else you want to add? No, I'm good. I'm done there. Peter? Nope. Well, uh, that kind of wraps up our Path of the Eldar episode. We did it. We did it. Another one done. Good one. High five, guys. Ew. Don't lick me anymore, Mark. (laughs) Weirdo. Uh, Peter, thank you for joining us. Yeah, it's good. As always. Happy to be here. That was a very uh, deep intellectual conversation you brought to us. Oh, just me arguing with Eric? Yeah. That's pretty much how it always goes, I guess. I know. <laughs> well, so, <laughs> me and Eric, we met a new person on Thursday, and it was one of Christian's friends. And he walks in just oh. when me and Eric are going <laughs> fucking deep in an argument, like so I'm yelling. deep. Like, and I'm so into this that this guy walks in, and I'm like, I'm, I'm a polite person. They're like, oh, hey, nice to meet you. This is Eric. This is my <laughs> Fuck you, Eric. <laughs> like, just it was bad. Deep into it. <laughs> It was bad. It was about Pathfinder. You, I think you need the path of the warrior to, to deal with some of this anger. Probably. Yeah. And what what path should we send Mark on? What what path is scholar? Mark <laughs> no, no, you have no affinity you won't find, to that. Yeah, you won't find satisfaction there. I'm trying to improve myself. I don't I, need to. I'm, I just don't think you're self driven uh, enough. For that. I would love to see Mark on the path of the healer. Okay, so that's true. It, he was the one challenging you to have compassion, absolutely, which you had none of. Yeah, <laughs> if if there's anyone here who can be empathetic and understanding mm-hmm. and desires for personal growth and yes, restoration, that's true. That's true. I Mark. see it. I see it. <laughs> yeah. And he can push the surgery button. Absolutely, <laughs> and feels great satisfaction. Yeah, in that doing was a good so. day's work. <laughs> yes. Uh, what well, path for, is Jordan? Jordan? Yes. If we're gonna send him on a path, damnation, of course. <laughs> Of course. Look at the way he is. (laughs) He wears glasses. He doesn't need glasses. No. What's more? We'll send you the help. It's damning. It's damning to wear those glasses, Jordan. How dare you? Doesn't conform to society. Whatever you say. Actually, I was thinking the path of the, the, uh, what was it? The uh, outcast. Yeah. That also fits you very much. Most people, I think, would rat like, Okay, a lot of people, I think, would aspire to be like, I'm going to be on this path. And then as soon as they realize how restrictive a single path is, they'll be like, oh, my God, no, send me on the path of the outcast. Because yeah. as a human, we want to exp- – like, we are – it's difficult for us to, like, fully give up an aspect of ourselves yeah. to focus on something else. I mean, yeah. but if you're going on the path of the outcast, you're giving up a lot. Like, you're leaving the craft world. No, but you're with you're- other outcasts. You still have a society within it. Yeah, I don't. Well, how much? Like they those are these, the like long-term they, travelers, right? Yeah, like but they much? they go in groups. Don't point at me. That wasn't a point. Like, it was a grab. <laughs> like a whole group of pirates, you're yeah. saying, working together. Yeah, they're not solos okay. at all. They're just an outcast from the regular society. Sure. Uh, and Peter, what would you go on? Oh, clearly command. <laughs> of course, <laughs> okay. it, I would follow. Peter. Assuming that he could survive Path of the Warrior. <laughs> What aspect would you choose again? What was it? No, I oh, I wanted to be a seer. And, and but you would have to <laughs> you have to do Path of the Warrior in order to do command. That's true. Okay, I found a problem with it. It's <laughs> whole systems wrecked. <laughs> it's a sham. <laughs> it's a sham. That's it. Uh, Just let me be on command. Even to join the Harlequins. <laughs> that okay. All right. Yeah, if, if he was an elder, that's yeah. definitely he his. wouldn't be chosen though. That's the funny thing. He would be chosen. Have you met his barbarian character? <laughs> Fucking, <laughs> fucking mint. That's pretty good. All right. Um, cool. Well, thanks, guys, for listening. That's been our episode on the path of the Eldar. Hopefully you learned something that you didn't Choose know Choose your own path. Let them know on Facebook. 
what yeah. path are you yeah. on? Yeah, let us know what path you are. Let us know what path you think we should go on <laughs> based on what you know of us. It's always fun to have those kind of discussions. Yeah. Uh, send us your listener lore. Yes, always. If you uh, want to send it in a sound clip, please do so, but send it to us in email form so we can download it. Yeah, and not... And don't have to play it off of a phone into yeah. a mic. Yeah. I'm going to get in trouble for that by the the sensitive ear folk. Oh, there. of course you <laughs> but, are. Of course. But you yeah, are. send us your listener lore. We're going to keep doing them. Um, check us out on Patreon, blah, blah, blah. You guys know the drill. Blah, so. blah, blah. Redbubble. You sure, can buy our merchandise if you want it. Or don't. Whatever. Wow. No, do it. Rep our shit. You know, yo. go on iTunes. Leave us a five star review. Wow. It's like you don't even care about this podcast anymore. <laughs> Ever since your mom told you that your brother was better at it than you are. (laughs) Sit on a downward spiral. Deeply hurt. Deeply, (laughs) deeply hurt. All right, guys. See you later. All right, cool, man. See you guys. Peace.